Eleven O'Clock Comics, Episode One Hundred and Eighty One. Very forceful. That was. That was intimidating. I'm scared. Oh. Scared of you. That's David. If he's not starting fights on the forum, he's like throwing ah. people around on the podcast. Oh, you're always fighting somebody. Dude, this is awesome. So out of nowhere, uh, my oldest son tonight goes back from football practice. And he's, he's like, Dad, he's like, how many buddies do you have? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I got, I got a you know, good amount of friends. But I'm like, why? He's like, I don't know. It seems like you got so many buddies. Some like football, some like comics. It's like someone to college with you. I'm like, well, when you get older, you know, the older you get, you know, you, more, you know more people. And he's like, yeah. He's like, but you always have these people come to the house, and like, then I come wake up in the morning, and they're here in the morning, and I can't tell them apart. He's like, but like, they're, oh, I'm like, guys look alike. I know, right? I'm like, well, I'm like, it's funny you say that. I'm like, because because this, I'm like, a week from today, you will have four of those kind of people in this house. And he's like, what? He's like. Why so many? I'm like, ah, you know. I'm like, New York Comic Con, baby, baby. <laughs> I got buddies. You just said. Does he say unheard of? Uh, no, I wish he did. That'd be funny. Yeah. Unheard of, Dad. It'll happen. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> they do say redonkulous, though. Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah. 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 Well, that's all right. They're doing football now, so once they get to the cheerleaders, he'll he'll start getting in where he fits in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's right. Jesus. That's right. God forbid. We don't. You don't want that to happen too soon. Grandpa uh, would. Yeah, my oh, girl's fourteen and now. She, she's yeah, all. She I know. She's she's all at the football games. Fourteen. She, she's a cheerleader. Yeah, I'm. I'm she's in trouble. She's a cheerleader. Yeah. Oh, dude, you are in so much trouble. I know. I know. And she got more, a lot more jiggle than all the other ones too. So. Oh, yeah. she's got a little rough shaker going on. No, up top. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, she's. Oh, I, I, this is wrong. That's just. I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> I felt a lot. I felt a lot like I. The last time I joked with you about your daughter, I think she was like twelve. So I felt a lot less like like guilty about it. But now I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, it's too close to reality. <laughs> that's that's funny. All right, everybody. Hey, look at this. That's funny. <laughs> this boobalicious episode of Eleven O'clock Comics. I'm gonna hum and hum. And I'm Vince B. I am David Price because we're missing somebody. Ooh, that's true. But no, I'm actually here because I am Iron Crutch Lee. <laughs> no, he's my favorite from that book, by the way. No, you're not Iron Crutch Lee. No, you're Bao Chong Z, my apprentice. That'd be cool. I would apprentice under you. In fact, I think I do. In a, in a, in in a manner of speaking. No, you're not Iron Crutch. You are Jason Wood, everybody. And this is Eleven O'clock Comics. And you know what? We're brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you don't have to pay retail for your favorite funny books and collectibles. Get this. The October order form is up. You can get all fifty-two of DC's fourth issues from the new 52 deal you would have paid $159.49 for that stuff not at DCBS you get them for 50% off $79.74 that's incredible they're they're well within your grasp at that price and you can read everything (laughs) from image you can get Kirkman and Liefeld's infinite trade uh, the first volume of the infinite trade cover price is a very respectable $9.99 no way 50% off $4.99. $4.99. Why the hell would you buy the single issues? Oh, my God. Um, from Marvel, 
They have the Carnage Who? Marvel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the guys that gave away the free digital comic no one wants. Um, <laughs> Come on, you, it's Joe Mads. I know. I know. But you get it for free. That's nice. Um, you, <laughs> you, you buy the print version. Uh, I know. Here you go. Thank you. Uh, you can get the Carnage USA Mini, the first issue of the Carnage USA Mini. It's uh, list price for $3.99, 50% off. What about that? $1.99. And two. Well, um, I don't know who's doing the art, but it's, I'm sure it's someone very good. Uh, from Dynamite, you can get the first issue of Tarzan. No, I'm sorry. They don't call it Tarzan. They call it they Lord of the Jungle. Yes. Correct. The uh, Lord of the Jungle is uh, only a buck, but at DCBS, it's 75% off. It would cost you one quarter. And while you're there in the Dynamite section, look for the hack slash Eva Monsters Ball trade by Brandon Jirwa and Cesar Razek. Uh, list price is $16.99. DCB has it for 50% off. You can get it for $8.49. It's pretty cool. Frankenstein Monster's in it. He's an intelligent Frankenstein Monster, too. I, it's a, I like the series. It's, it's very good. Uh, so you can get that. DCBS. Discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. They're awesome. They also have digital comics under the mydigitalcomics.com. They got everything you need for comics. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's right. What? And as you uh, can probably tell, our fair listeners, uh, our fourth Hans Wing Zoo is not here tonight. So yeah, we're gonna have fun. That means we can talk about anything oh. we want. <laughs> it's true. No, no more of this DC every week stuff. I do no. have some DC that's, later. Right, that's so do I. What? Like, yeah. no, 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 no. Hey, okay, but mine is from 1956. Oh, yeah, mine, okay. mine was started in 1988. So it's not new. Right. All right. Respect. Yeah. So let's do the drink roll call, get the shit out of the way. Let's omactivate this drink roll call. Oh, nice. <laughs> Look at you. Nice. <laughs> I'm You're drinking. such an amazing man. I know. <laughs> Lord, I'm an amazing See, man. Stop. stop. Um, I, was gonna, I was not going to do the spoiler, so I'm gonna, I, I had to shut up. But all right. You, you, you collared me. You, That's what you did. You collared me. Um, check, I'm drinking Killian's Red. Next. I am... Uh, I should see Vince. I, I should have had the beer, like Vince said. You should have. Uh, the, yeah. the David Marvel. has gas pains yeah. this episode. Maybe so yeah. got gas. <laughs> so, so maybe Vince will have the sound effects like he did in that great episode of Bullpen Bulletins. Uh, <laughs> Bartolino from uh, from Bola. It's <laughs> with the farting in the background and then yeah. Good times, right? Every time someone said something, yeah. <laughs> you should have heard me. I'm laughing now. You should have heard me when I was editing that shit. Every time I put a fart in, I had to walk away from the. Computer, because <laughs> <laughs> it was a mess. Yes, I have a juvenile sense of humor. I'll say, I am drinking Heineken Light. There you go, Heine, baby. I love the Heine. And that's I, good that's stuff. What I have in my fridge. That's what I should have. I love, especially when it's ice cold and round and green. It's my favorite kind of Heine. Ooh, you like Captain Kirk with yep. the green Heine? Jen or uh, or uh, Martian Manhunter's uh, niece, Megan. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she's all right. Yeah, you got to have to take on Connor now to get some of that. I'm not what, scared. Something got one arm. Oh, that's no, Roy. Oh, not the cartoon. You don't. Yeah, that's Roy. Not anymore. But yeah, yeah. that's. Uh, ah, that's all right. Before we uh, move on, I got to thank you. <laughs> Wouldn't be an episode if you didn't. <laughs> I know it. Um, from uh, Jay Ojik, you know Jay. Oh, on Twitter, on the forum, good guy. Well, uh, he co-authored. Remember we talked about this a little bit before? Uh, Kagaji, the Raven. Yes. That he co-authored with Patrick 
Tennyson. I think that, I think that's how it's pronounced. It's got an S C in it, but I'm going to say Patrick Tennyson. Uh, Jay did the stories, pencils and letters. Patrick did the story inks uh, by uh, Ojik and Matt Austin. He sent me the uh, Kagaji graphic novel from Arcana, which is really cool. Didn't read it yet. It's been a busy week, but I will get to it. It looks fabulous. I like it a lot. But the package was really big. And I'm like, what's this? Inside, he did a ink wash drawing of my favorite woman in all of comics. Come on, Susie. Oh, and yes. it's it's uh, almost a full body. And she's looking over her shoulder and she got a big old tight booty and a little, little bit of side boob going on. It, it may be, no, it won't be bigger than the scanner. I'll probably take it to work and scan it. Maybe I'll throw it up on the forum for everybody to see. But uh, that's incredible. I mean, I opened up, I was like, whoa, it's almost life-size. I was thinking of punching a hole right in it in a certain uh-huh. spot, but yeah. I didn't because I don't want to ruin the beautiful drawing. Glory hole, that bitch. But the, um, <laughs> the, uh, what the, see, You're yeah. looking forward to next weekend, I can see. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you Jay that was very much appreciated and far too kind and I will talk about Kagaji after I've read it nice I'm, I got that on doc yeah oh it's on it's on you're representing <laughs> so let's get going let's talk do you have anything to, to anybody have anything to add before we move on uh, well, yeah. Well, one quick thing. Uh, I mean, by the time people hear this, it will be uh, it, it will be a a, a week before uh, seven days before the start for most people of the New York Comic Con. Uh, and Vince has uh, quietly not brought it up because he's uh, <clears throat> going to be somewhere else. But fear not, true believers, because Mr. David A. Price, Mr. Christopher Neesman, and Mr. Jason. Wood will be there with bells on and uh, ready to have a great time. So uh, can't wait. I'm um, really. It's going to be a blast. Can't wait. Yes. Sucks. So. We will see. We 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 will see New Mutant. We will see Mr. Marvel Noise Steve Raker there. We will see Stringer. Uh, Lucy Stringer. Julian. 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 Freaky uh, T. Yeah, roommate. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. 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 Did you say Steve Raker? Yes. yes. You did say Steve Raker. Okay. Yes, yep. I did. Let's say it again. Steve Raker. There you go. He does stuff for that Marvel Noise show. Exactly. I know it. And a massive amount of other people. And I won't be there. And Vince will not be there. Yeah. I'll be in Orlando. Getting your Orlando on. Yep. <laughs> it's cool, dude. You got to do the family thing, you know? She, we, we rarely go away. And when she, do, makes, she, she booked it, it's like, what are you doing? I know. I did, of course, I, I didn't know, and, bother and, to check until way after. I was going to say it's, it's it's we can't really blame the wife on this, right? No, and we it, can't. it's yeah. it's because I mean you know the Harry Potter thing is only going to be there for a limited time, so it's not like you'll ever be able to see it again. <laughs> so it's it's, it's, it's now never. So yeah. douche, God. douche, douche. <laughs> I mean, while Dave, while Dave and I are, are, are drinking a forty on a on a corner in Brooklyn with uh, Greg Capullo, talking oh. about oh. you're. We're gonna. We'll send you pictures. Don't worry. On on David's iPhone, we're gonna send you pictures of us. Me and me and Capullo doing shots while Dap uh, is on our shoulders uh, doing <laughs> doing a chicken fight with Daryl. It'll be great. Can't wait. And, and awesome. Chris will be over off to the side on the cell phone. Hi, honey. Yes, oh, we're having a wonderful time. Snap. Snap. No, he's gonna be. He's gonna be styling and profiling. And he just. I heard he just went to Marshalls this week, That's so he's right. ready to go. He's ready to do this. I saw a Marshalls commercial, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Me giggling. too. I know. I laugh every time now. That chick's pretty cool. I like her. She's, she's uh, pretty hot. Awesome. All right, let's get going. Comics, what, what we got? got? 
All right, so I said to Vince that I had something that was going to make him wet, yes, I'm which uh, which isn't hard. Um, but uh, uh, it it is the uh, well. First of all, it is a new hardcover by Dark Horse, so it's a little bit of a hint. And oh. D- Dark Horse has been putting out a ton of great hardcover collections the last few years, uh, and this one is just totally up my alley because we've talked a bit about um, some of the stuff where this I'm about to say is from. But we said that uh, it would be great if they packaged it in a different way, and and they they apparently heard my dreams in the middle of the night, and they made it true. So uh, I'm holding in my hands. What have uh, you read? I, I'm trying to guess, and I can't do it. I think I know what it is. Cool. Creepy presents. Oh, Bernie, you got the rights and things. Bernie rights and exactly. Nice. Yeah, oh, it's, dude. It's the definitive. Well, from the from the cover, the definitive collection of the artist's work from Creepy and Eerie, and it's uh, it's it's Bernie Wrightson's uh, major works from uh, the uh, magazines, which pretty much shaped Vince's life. Uh, I gotcha. <laughs> and uh, for, for those that don't know, well, shame on you, first of all. But but for <laughs> that you don't know, uh, Bernie Wrightson is is pretty much uh, one of the you know he's 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 incomparable. I think is a fair a fair way to to uh to, to put him he's close yeah yeah he's yeah he's there. right up there he's right up yeah. there um and certainly one of the one of the best um and while the creepy and eerie archives are awesome and i own a few um i i have i love this idea because because there are certain artists that i i prefer uh you know a lot more than than others and to have this collection which i'm i'm assuming is also going to presage other collections by of other you know creepy and eerie artists uh mm-hmm. is great and so yeah so i um i read the whole thing in like one sitting and i just kept thinking as i was reading it which which of these stories was uh was going to be vince's favorite because i'm sure you've read them all probably multiple times over the years yeah but. i don't know what's in it because i i kind of uh, passed on that because i'm getting the whole creepy and eerie library yeah so well, i, I so want to buy it twice it starts off with the black cat oh of course Jennifer. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clarice. Clarice. What's that from? Uh, that is from Creepy Number Seventy Seven. Mm. Uh, let's see here. That uh, that is uh, it's actually a short one. It's um, it's where he's um, he's he's sort of in a in a snowy cabin, and he sees a skeleton of a woman sort of walking towards him, and he starts remembering back to. What happened when basically he uh, he he his wife was locked out of the cabin and he didn't realize it until the next morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that one wasn't so scary. Then Country Pie, which was uh, mm. written by Bruce Jones. Actually, all, yeah. all Jennifer Clarice and Country Pie were all written by Bruce Jones. I like uh, Pie. And uh, and and then um, that one was 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 pretty awesome. Country Pie. That uh, that's a super hot. Super hot girl and her little brother, who are up to no good. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, then is uh, Dick Swift and his electric power ring. Okay. Uh, then a Martian saga. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then let's see here. Yeah, that one was pretty cool, dude. I mean, that um, really futuristic. Uh, a dude looks almost like the Grifter, kind of, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's 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 living on this planet, this Martian planet that uh, you know he can't breathe the air, obviously, and he's he thinks he's lost and lost, and then it, he discovers there's actually a civilization there, and they're human humanoid humanoid, and they like love him, and uh, this unbelievably hot girl brings him into uh, her her den to to make the sweet love to him, and. Uh, 
And as 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 she's like undressing, getting ready to mount him, she she pulls his mask off, and he he, yep. he suffocates to death because it's he can't breathe the air. They all basically have the old Henry endings. I mean, they do. Yeah, yeah. Wrightson didn't do any extended pieces for like you had your like Corbin. Corbin would do recurring characters and stories. Wrightson kind of they kept him to these little isolated things. I think that would be good because from you know even back then, what I've heard is Wrightson's pretty slow. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the Laughing Man. Just look at it. Yeah. Also written by Bruce Jones. Um, the Pepper Lake Monster, which was actually written and drawn by uh, Bernie. Mm-hmm. Um, then Nightfall. Uh, cool Air. Oh. Uh, Ruben Youngblood, Private Eye. Uh, the Muck Monster. And yes. then a bunch of uh, illustration and uh, cover pieces and stuff. Also, they they put the frontispieces pieces in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a lot of those. Yeah, nice. Yeah, How many pages is that? Uh, it's uh, uh well, let's see, it's a hundred and a hundred and forty. Wow. You know, that's actually a good deal for nineteen ninety nine because yeah. your 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 creepy and eerie volumes top out at like say two fifty, two sixty, and they're fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah. And it's like almost thirty pages of the front frontis pieces and stuff. I mean, so and they're all oh, you know, that's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. yeah. So uh so I can't I mean again, uh it this is just perfect for me because I love Wrightson and this is all in one fell swoop his stuff and I just thought it was terrific. Um you know, and and again, if you've ever read a creepier and Eerie, you kind of know what you're expecting. It's sort of classic horror. You know, some of the stories are more clever than others. You know, some are fairly straightforward. Um, you know, uh, I would imagine some of them were probably a lot scarier back, you know, in the the days that they first came out, versus you know nowadays where sort of you see yeah. a game like uh, you know uh, you know uh, De- Dead or Alive or something where you know there or Resident Evil where you kind of <laughs> you know you're the the, the the idea of sort of monsters and gore and and that kind of thing isn't exactly as shocking as it once was but uh but just classic stuff and a really nice it's oversized it's um you know nice oversized hardcover and uh just beautiful stuff so loved it yeah um the creepy archives proper are getting into the real nasty stuff right now mm-hmm. they're up to um issue 50 with volume mm-hmm. 10 and you know for a time the the early stuff was i don't want to about as tasteful as ec got Mm-hmm. I mean, we we don't think it's too extreme now, but back then I guess it was considered very extreme because of Wortham and all his bullshit. But Creepy and Eerie, in the beginning, they kind of like mirrored the EC stuff. They had a lot of the of the same artists, and it, it was right. it was what you would call tasteful. Right around this period, like the fifties to the seventies and 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 up, they started getting kind of racy, very like graphic and bloody. And, yeah. Uh, and that's the, read this around the same time Skywald was, uh, uh, given Jim Warren, uh, the fits because, uh, Brodsky's company was trying to compete with him, which mm-hmm. they ultimately failed. But, um, so, I mean, there's a lot of boobies. And, yeah. And violence. Dude, the sickest and, one, I think, in the book is the Jennifer one. Yeah. She, I mean, oh, it's just so gross. I mean, just the mere thought of it is just, oh, it's like, <laughs> I, th- I do believe that they adapted that story for um i i can't uh, is it new dimension i think that puts out those masters of horror series oh, like yeah. uh-huh. where they got modern directors to do oh um, right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. i think jennifer's one of those they really? adapted oh, i'd like that. to yeah. see that interesting yeah. okay i'm pretty sure i've never seen it i don't have that collection unfortunately but yeah some of the artists in um in volume 10 just just incredible um san julian's in here the, the 
famous um, cover artists. Luis Garcia, Esteban Maroto's in here, the great Maud. Tom Sutton, mm -hmm. Felix Maz, um, Richard Corbin, of course, mm -hmm. uh, Ron Cobb, Reed Crandall, Luis Dominguez, Jerry Grandinetti's in here, Aurelion, who I now love. How many pages are those? How many issues does it each collect? Five. Volume 10 okay. is 270... Yes. 270. And they're like 50 bucks, right? Yeah, but yeah. you can get them on Amazon for 30. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's well worth it, man. Nice, nice. You know yeah. what? I, you know how I get them? Remember all those comics I traded into um, uh, Lone, yeah. Lone Star? Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't, quote, paid for a creepier eerie archive yet. Oh, nice. Because I'm, I'm just using the, the trade credit that I got from all my books. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's the way to do it, right? Yes, it is. Know it. Doesn't show up on the visa. The bitch don't get upset. The wife, hey, sorry, doesn't get that's upset. That's right. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. I just kidding. <clears throat> yeah, nice. she's gonna hear this. You know. So what's in the got? other room, dude? What do we got? <sighs> tag we got team? some. <laughs> yeah, we got I'll some. Tag team out of the way. Some disgusting goings on. Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, there's a fever going around. It's called the prison pit fever. It just, it's hot. <laughs> it's hot. Um, our very own Gordo, Mr. Gordon Gordo. Adams, he sent me an email. He's like, check this out. He drew the main character uh, from the prison pit series uh, in full color, colored it himself and inked it and everything. I'm going to put that up in the new episode thread on our forum for uh, this episode. And David, tell them where they can uh, find our forum on the interwebs. Who the hell knows? It's right. Knows. It's, uh, it's com slash forum or uh, right now you you can still do 11oclockcomics.com that's 11 with two number ones or uh, if you just go to bullpenbulletinspodcast.com the page will redirect you right to the forum because I'm still cleaning shit up, so I just figured I'd make life easy. And I still blog, and now you can just go right to the form if you put in the URL. Oh, that's right. You know, I I went tried to go to the blog, and it bounced me to the form. I was like, oh, that's something right. must be up. So you did it. Very I nice, it. David. Very nice. Um, and, of course, we are talking about Prison Pit, specifically Volume 3, but we'll give you a little bit of recap okay, of all right. of well, them. Before, before you do the recap, because since I, I read all three one after the other, I did not I, wait. The, the three years right and i knew you did that so that's why i did little synopses of all of all three um and david and i'm I'm pretty sure your contribution and mine to the prison pit mythology has been brought to you by our good friend chris campbell the right? the third book yes me too uh, the the um the first two actually no see i was you um i think it was mario who picked them up Mario. at uh, <laughs> at New York Comic Con when we were all hanging in Brooklyn and uh, okay. and we went to Bergen Street? I believe he picked up. Or did you pick up the second book then that night? Or? I got the first two then. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, that was at the I, fanboy party. You mean that's right. right? Yeah. That's when uh, that that's when Gobo decided to make out with a planner and the, uh, <laughs> the um just call him Abby. That's the uh, <laughs> I I didn't I didn't get the books that Shout night. Shout out to Mike Myers. What up, Mike? But I, I, uh, I flipped through yours, liked what I saw, and then um, I think, I, and 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 Mario again, I believe he posted on on the forum. Mario. There was a uh, there was a thread that uh, Fanographics was offering a, a, a sale on the first two volumes, including signed book plates. So that's when I finally ordered the first two books. Oh, your and books are signed? No shit. 
Oh, well, the books aren't signed. I have the the plates, I have an yeah. envelope with book plates right well, here. Well, they could which, be. Yeah. Yeah. Once I, I'll, I'll. Um, That's excellent. Good I'll, for you. I'll, I'll scan these in so this way we can add them to the episode thread as well. Well, cool. Uh, I talked about Prison Pit Volume One way back in episode one thirty. Yeah. Uh, well, you looked in, up what episode it was. Look at you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm very prepared for this because Went to the blog to do that, right? I I love this series. This series is tailor made for me. Um, I saw it, the artwork. What was that? La- was that last New York Comic Con or was it uh, another con? Uh, where'd we see that? I think that was online, wasn't it? They were selling. No, no, we saw the pages. Remember, and we were we were marveling at how expensive they were. Oh yes, that's right. Because um, they're small. They're not. They're not large pages. I think right. he does them same size or maybe yeah. a little bit bigger. Yeah, they were like um, whew, tiny. Yeah. Well, it's because it's great work. Great work. Oh, I'm, not, I'm saying, yeah. Get, yeah. Like David said, get in where you fit in. I, I love that he can start. <laughs> it's like Al Columbia. Hey, dude, yeah. if you can get that kind of bank for your stuff, get it. That's right. You know? Like Johnny Depp. Um, but uh, Prison Pit is, is kind of like an 18-wheeler full of babies overturned <laughs> on the Autobahn. It really how is. It, how would it take you to, say, to come up with that? I, I it was instant because this it's exactly what it is. It's it's extremely graphic, extremely gruesome. You want to wince and turn away in horror, but you can't because it's yeah. so captivating. It's it, it it's like those. Um, remember in school you had to see those infamous drivers ed scare films. Sure. <laughs> Mechanized death. That's what yeah. prison pit is. It it scares the shit out of you, but there's something about it that compels you to look. You must look, and uh, you don't read it so much as you're dragged through it like fishhook style. Uh, through with in the cheek over the you know, and this is where I got kind of pretentious, but I'm gonna say it anyway. You, you're dragged. Fishhook style over the broken and jagged shards of the narrative. How about that? Oh, boy. I know. <laughs> Harlan Ellison, I'm sometimes not. The, sometimes the word balloons almost get in the way. I mean, some of the things they say are funny, but it's like, just, just shut up. Just, I want to keep, mm-hmm. I, I want to keep looking at the art. I just, right. the story needs to keep going. And normally I don't tend to gravitate towards decompressed storytelling. Prison Pit is extremely decompressed. I mean, they'll, they'll be like 20, 30, 40 page fight scenes where, uh, maybe four panels of a page where someone's gluing their head back on, you know, yeah. and, and, yeah. and then the, the battle picks up from there. But then there are other times when the action is really intense. So he, he's got you all spun around. You're discombobulated because just when you get the groove of this rhythm that he's got rolling, Bang! He switches up the tempo and just drag pulls you screaming through this thing. And then again, then he'll switch up the tempo again. It's 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 jazz. It's a nasty carnival of carnage. But it's it there's there's a musicality to it. There's beats in this thing. I, the best thing I could tell you to do is after you hear our little talk on this, go out and look at it because no words that can come out of my mouth are going to do this shit justice. It's in, it's totally unique. Uh, there's nothing out there that I can compare to Prison Pit. Am I right, David? Yeah, no, you would be well, not 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 now. I mean, some of it, I guess you could look for in the old underground comics. I'm just gonna stuff. say it. Do, it does share a kinship with the undergrounds. But like yeah, but I mean, as far as the, anything you'll find today, no, no, you will not see anything like this that I can tell. Um, I mean, even even some of the off the wall stuff that that we find online, or, or um, you know, we'll, we'll come across something like like Benjamin Morris' work, you know, just things like that that you might stumble onto. But 
this is not there's really nothing you can compare and I, I know that you know I, I asked you if Johnny Ryan had anything to do with uh, with Super Jail on no. Adult Swim and apparently he's got a, he I think not. he's got a, a lawsuit because uh, Super Jail is a lot like Prison Pit the, 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 the style the art style is, is very similar and yeah, uh, yeah. and I mean storyline maybe not so much but no. it's it, well, it's, it just, it's close yeah I mean, I mean the characters could exist yeah. in both places the um, but no, this is just. I mean, you can't. I, you can't look away. I mean, I. I don't know what that says about me that I was able to sit and read all three books. It's my in, uh, in, in basically, <laughs> uh, in basically, you know, a day or day and a half because we had to go to Brooklyn. But the, uh, I, I that was just until you makes it stronger. I guess. I mean, I, I, I want to see where it's going now. It's I a spectacle. Kind of, yeah. It, it, I mean, we'll, we'll get into each book, but I was um, I was kind of bummed that the character we've known in two of the, the first two issues really didn't appear in the third. But I was really happy with what we got in the third. Oh yeah. So I mean, there's still there's still. I think the the third volume has the best scene out of all three, and we'll get to that. Okay. Um. So volume one to set you up. Prison Pit Volume 1 is the heartwarming journey of Cannibal Fuckface and his barbed penis. Okay? He, he's dumped on this psychotronic prison planet and forced to fight a, a menagerie of maniacal killer kaiju. That's basically what Prison Pit is. It is an extended fight scene. Uh, he eventually loses an arm in the process which he replaces with a drug defecating slorge. There's these yep. little creatures that eat runoff and other sorts of things, blood, runoff, body fluids, and their poop is a stimulant called feces. So when, when Cannibal Fuckface grasps, grasps the, the slurge to his arm, it bonds with his central nervous system and the, the uh, I guess, excretory function of the slurge pumps him full of this this stimulant and he just it's like bat or bane's uh venom he just kind of gets even more maniacal and and vicious and and that enables him to overcome you know opposition so it's a, it's a pretty basic premise but the 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 devil's not in the story it's in the little tiny vignettes that are in the book like <laughs> Like like we said, you'll have a 30-page fight scene where someone is just physically dismembered, just heads ripped off, arms ripped off, um, including intercourse. I mean, there's a lot of that in it. Uh, it's it's nasty, but it's so it's it's so captivating. I'm I'm going through this book thinking, why has this book not existed for decades? Why is he not on volume 100? <laughs> you know, um, so volume two. Uh, cannibal fuckface and there is uh, in the comics journal interview uh, Johnny Ryan was asked if CF's um, Power Masters was an influence on Prison Pit and roundabout way yes but no and uh, the interviewer said yeah but cannibal fuckface's initials are CF so maybe he was thinking that had something to do with it and Johnny said no but he does like CF's approach to making comics and he wanted to try and his hand at that way of doing it instead of like the the uh, angry youth comics where it was just like these short little uh, 
hysterically funny um, characters romping through that. He wanted to do an extended narrative in maybe in, in the CF vein. But so volume two, uh, taking the bond with his physically and telepathically linked slorge even further, uh, a transformed cannibal fuckface is captured. He's mind wiped and he's used to bring down the awesome lady dactyl. Now this, this character is really cool. Uh, she's a pterodactyl kind of booby creature, but she's got like metal parts and, uh, through this whole metal? thing. I was thinking it was like a prism, but okay. I could see it being metal. Okay. okay it could be prism. Could be, but, but the thing about, uh, prison planet is that got to me being a fan of the Japanese what the fuck aesthetic where the any, they'll attempt anything, no matter how outlandish. Yeah. with their characters and everything seems to work um so you have these beautifully designed characters but there's there's they're way out there um and uh johnny ryan uh recently teamed up with the fledgling vinyl toy maker uh monster worship who i bought from in the past uh they have this really cool figure called the grease bat you got to see it um and they produce they actually produced a limited run cannibal fuckface figure that they sold at uh last well this year's San Diego show uh, which is it's really beautiful but and I would have one if it was priced maybe $20 less than what they were asking they wanted 85 bucks for it for an 8 inch figure that's pushing it i mean even for me and I, I wanted it so bad but so there there's a lot I don't know where, where I went with that, but I mean, th- there's a lot of the Japanese design aesthetic in Ryan's characters and, uh, just devil may care. Let's see what works. You know what? I'm going to do a character and, um, I'm going to put a hook on his arm, give him four heads, uh, maybe a couple horns and, you know, I'm going to have a monster for his dick. Hey, maybe it'll work and it, and it does work. It works pretty, pretty damn cool. Um, so why did they mind wipe? Um, CF and send him on this mission to get the Lady Dactyl insemination. Yeah. Um, the 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 cannibal couples with the Lady Dactyl injects her with this. Well, it could be anything, but it looks like this dark demonic essence that kind of like creates this colossal black, multi-faced, batwing-headed demon thing, which, upon birth, proceeds to kick the shit out of its father and and. The battle ends with CF falling into this this void, and that's where book two ends. So now we have book three, and it ends. It begins on a weird note. I mean, you don't see the cannibal for at least a hundred pages, right? Uh, yeah, close, close to yeah. it. Maybe. Um, actually, he shows up on page eighty-three. Eighty-three. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you, what you do have is this this scrawny. Four-eyed, pointy-haired. Um, I mean, it starts m- off very similar to the first book. Yeah, with, this guy, with, this with, this creature is dumped onto the prison planet. He's got a receding hairline, these bat ears, and and he's he's it shackled. Looks like something out of uh, Metal um, The uh, de- Death Clock. Yeah, it looks like the yeah. drummer, It looks like pickles from Death Clock. So he's dumped on the planet, and and he's immediately comes out of the void, and immediately starts searching for for CF. Uh, why? Uh, we don't know, but uh, inventive carnage ensues, and um, the, the the best sequences, 
so he, he's on the planet, right? And he's going around and he's saying, hey, I'm looking for somebody. You know, he's got knee pads and, and black underpants. He's got a bloody face. You ever seen anybody like that? And, and this, this creature comes up to him who he's got a, a head kind of like a cross between a spider and a vagina. And, and he's got spikes all over him and an inverted cross. And he's like, Hey, have you seen so him? It's like and the an arachnopus. Kind of. Yeah. And, and this is, this is the kind of humor in, in, in prison planet. He says, Hey, you know, where, where have you seen him? And the guy says, up your ass. <laughs> yeah. And they just start, he, <laughs> they, they start logical. They, they physically abuse him or, or they, they verbally abuse him first. And you have four characters. They don't, Give Ryan doesn't give us the name of the guy with the the spikes on his head, right? The the like the head honcho. No, I think he does eventually. Oh really? Because I didn't I didn't catch it. You I, I looked through the damn thing, um, but the best creature is this this thing called Apocalypse Tongue. And and when you first meet him, it looks like he's got a starfish on his head. It's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Completely round head with a starfish, and there's eyes on the on the starfish. So you're thinking, oh, that's neat. But his, I guess, power is the starfish is actually attached to his tongue. I mean, the, the, it's not a starfish. It's the end of his tongue. The six-pointed uh, thing with eyes is the end of his tongue, which he can launch out of his mouth and and, like, attack you with it uh so it, early in the battle the, the kid jumps he, he evades the tongue jumps on on apocalypse tongue and uses the chain to shear off the top of apocalypse tongue's head and he's he's pulling it and he's you, you see the thing going and the blood is shooting out of it out of his head and he rips the whole top of this character's head off just shears the top of his head off and and he he licks the blood off his shackles and eats them and breaks you know the chains and so he's free now and he's thinking all right this battle's over but no the the the, the tongue grabs the top of his head and proceeds to devour him it, it, the tongue thing eats him and you, you see the, the, the mangled and bloody body being sucked up through the tongue and it goes down into the neck. And this, so this character's covered with blood. I mean, not just a little bit. It looks like a fountain of blood streaming out of this thing's head. And, and the, the leader goes, awesome shit, dude. You got a fuck t- technique, but it works. <laughs> so he, he skewers the guy's brain with his sword, puts it back on an apocalypse tongue uses glue to yep. stitch the top of his head back on good as new it's nuts and um total fucking annihilation bro <laughs> and they, they they each give each other a high five so and that's the sound effect high five high five so they're talking right and uh apocalypse tongue goes you know i gotta take a sh- fucking piss and and he goes and uh <laughs> the one character says what did he say because he talks like <laughs> like he can't make it out it's just like nonsense like consonants all jammed together and uh he said what did he say <laughs> the, the leader goes i don't know i don't speak that jungle shit this <laughs> 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 so, is funny so then ap- apocalypse tongue goes behind a rock because god forbid anybody cmp except us unfortunately <laughs> He, he takes out his thing and the, the, the focus, the focus shifts from, you got a, a wide, a, not like a, about a medium shot of full body of, can, of apocalypse, just, you know, adjusting himself, taking him out and he's peeing. Then Ryan goes in for the close up and you know something's up when he goes in for a close up and you see him peeing. 
and the P is coming out, right? And the next panel, the P has now been flecked with, flecked with dark areas. And then the next panel, the P is almost completely black. And all of a sudden, and the sound effect is <laughs> this finger comes out of Apocalypse Tongue's dickhole. Right? And then the next panel, it's like almost a whole hand, and the kid, the kid rips himself out through Apocalypse Tongue's dick. And <laughs> when he hits the ground, he's still holding on to, I guess that would be the urethra, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's still holding on to it, and he, <laughs> he yanks it and pulls out, <laughs> he pulls out Apocalypse Tongue's innards, and they're all over the, but the battle's not over, and I won't spoil it because it gets it gets even messy. Yeah, it's, it's rough, man. I love this shit. It I so awesome. love it. This gives me so much enjoyment. I know Jason's like, I love it when my friends read stuff <laughs> that they right, do. <laughs> hey, man, you do you. Yeah. That's have right. you have you sampled uh, Prison Pit at all? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I yeah, I've taken a little look through that first volume. Not for you, right? Um, it's it's. Uh, I struggle with with things that don't have a narrative of much a much of a narrative. I th- and I know this. You you make it sound like it does that, but it didn't strike me. I guess in my quick glance through that, it really did. Maybe I didn't give it a fair fair chance, but it just seemed a little more experimental for the sake of experimental than than like that. I was going to come away having been like, oh, that was a good story type of thing, but. Yeah. Um, well, no, he's, it, he's it, definitely. I mean, I, but but look, I could, I definitely see the appeal. I, I mean, he's he certainly got some serious chops in terms of uh, the way he uh, he puts uh, you know puts ink on paper. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. But um, David, th- I think this is the first volume where we see this this strange six pointed sigil, right? The, which yeah. which uh, which young buck over here kind of praise to yeah uh, and then we see again later um, he's got it carved in his hand right he has it no he carved it in um in what was left of apocalypse tongue right 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 one of them but then yes but then it is but then yeah the, the, then you do see it in 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 the hand you're right right sorry. of of the transfer well we don't want to give that away right but some someone does have it on on their hand so so you have this sigil and it's on the cover too if you've seen the prison pit cover on the palm of the hand of the creature oh, on the front it crackly, bro. go ahead david uh well, real quick i mean when i think about what jason was saying about flipping through the first book as uh, i would think just flipping through it at first like i did when i got it i thought maybe it was an anthology or there were like actual i don't know battles taking place but mm-hmm. As Vince points out, when you have like, you know, 20, 30, 40 pages of one fight scene and you're just slipping through, that may very well be the same fight that, that, that you're glancing. So it, it, it's weird. It, it does, I mean, there's, there's four panels per page is max. Uh, you'll get some splash pages. You'll get two, maybe three panel pages. But for the most part, it's, it's four panels. And yeah, I mean, and, and that's what Vince says with the whole decompressed storytelling. It's, I, it would be very hard for me to see this any other way than than the way it is. But it's um, it's just it's. I mean, especially I guess it also works for me because we've been going uh, 
for the past four weeks, we we've, we've kind of we, we've had a focus. We we've been yeah, very sure. very DC centric, and and we kind of did stray from that. I mean, yes, we did read other things, but the show focused on that. And and here, I guess, if if I'm looking for a, a palate cleanser, it's I. This is completely different. I mean, no, I'm, I'm over here bitching about the ratings on DC books, but here's here's you know this is just something that's completely in in 180 degrees. And and I mean, this is, but this is what I love about the mediums. So, I mean, when you have somebody like Johnny Ryan who's who's just going batshit crazy on the page, um, hell, I'm I'm just along for the ride. I mean, there is there are. It's it's weird. After a while, after you see a couple of these characters fight, it's like you, you start rooting for somebody, or, or you want to see where it's going, and and that's and you don't know where it's going to go because just when you think uh, a fight's done, well, you know, all right, so you gutted this one guy. Well, you don't know what could be living inside his body, and now he morphs into something else, and and now it's even worse. I mean, there were a couple times in the first book where I thought. CF was was a goner and and uh and you know something happens in the story and it's like you know, I don't know if anybody can well obviously I guess some of the characters can die but you just you you don't know where you're going with this there there, there are no rules no laws physics mean jack shit here yeah. and uh and How it's just oh you're awesome but it's just and and nothing's explained to you. You, no. you you really don't know why these characters have been dumped on this prison uh, could be a dimension, could be a planet, but it's a pit. You, you don't know why they're dumped here. What's the deal with, with CF? Why is this kid looking for him? You don't know. I mean, we may get the answers to those. We may not. And I mm-hmm. could not care pretty much either way. As as long as the books are in the vein of the three that have been published to date, where it's just like ultra-violent carnage and inventive storytelling they're, they're they're basically a series of, of interconnected vignettes of and of fights uh, and you said the, it, was, it was six books is the goal right i think that's what he said yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure he said six but you know it could be i guess could be seven if he feels like it that's the thing there's it's not really set it's like the books themselves there's one would think that that maybe they're aimless but they're not i, I think he's got a goal to it but it's a it it's not he doesn't play it close to the vest where oh i have to get to this scene by this page or it's not going to work no i think he's just riffing uh, as he's going along the um and and that's the thing i mean i there's no there's no forward there's no afterward there's no to be continued there's nothing there's there's no caption boxes there's nothing moving the story along from some higher being or some i mean you're just as you're you're in the moment you're following the story along the 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 third book is a hundred and 16, 17 pages. I thought because it, the way the book did end, I was like, oh crap, am I, because some of the glue in the binding is, um, the, the, the back cover opens up a whole lot, whereas yeah. some of the other books are a little tighter. So I thought maybe I was missing a page, but I, the first book has 120 pages. I mean, so yeah, you're right. I mean, it, however long the, the story is going to be told or, or however many pages he wants to put in an issue that, that's what you're getting but right. um you know it, it, it reads like he's he's purging himself of all these mental toxins like he's just blah, puking them right on the page I like, not not sweating every mark it's just straight from the id this this bold fearless incredibly brave storytelling and drawing because if someone you know 
I could see trepidation in in producing work like this and taking it to a publisher and saying, "Here, this is what I did. Let's publish this." Like most publishers would be like, "What? Are you serious? This is it, it, it's it's incredibly violent. It's 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 uh, very um, sexual in, in spots. It's just it's just downright mean, and 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 it's, it's nothing like." you know society is attuned to so it takes it takes a brave person to not only produce this but try and sell it you know and th that's what i love it's just it's art created for the sake of art there's i'm really sure that ryan didn't think he was going to make a million bucks off this thing you know mm -hmm. it's just he just got to get it out and, and that's yeah. what i love about it i really do but so before we move on and bef when i was breaking up i was going to say at the end of this volume, there's this very cool construct. It's called the, I love this name, the Caligulon. Isn't that cool? So, very I mean, cool. he's doing a reference to an incredibly sexual and violent and bloody movie, yeah. you know, with, with, uh, of course, the, the, the Roman Emperor Caligula lived that life. But in, in, in pop culture, we know Caligula as Tinto Brass's and, uh, Guccione's nasty ass movie. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, 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 there's a kinship between the two, and it's it's just so awesome. It, it's inventive as hell. You need to, to experience it. If you're if you're if you're brave, give it a shot. If if you like superheroes and that's what you're grooving on, then um, keep on doing it because I mean this may be you may float your boat. It may not. Chances are, who knows? Give it a shot. Right. I. I just gotta thank not. Johnny Ryan for doing it. God damn it, it's awesome. You love Johnny Ryan. I do love him so he much. He does. He does. That's your baby. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we got? Um, our, we do have a. Let's see. We have a guest coming in. He he's he's here. Oh yeah. Let's see if I can if I if he's ready. Ooh, I spelled it wrong. That'd be nice. Awesome. So here, who who could this be? You guys don't know, do you? I, I, I let the cat out of the bag on the Twitter. Uh, but who, uh, who, the, who the hell pays who attention? Who follows to? you on Twitter? Yeah, really. Seriously. Who, I, you know what? While we're talking about Twitter, I cannot believe. Well, I can because he's a suave dude and he's, he's incredibly, uh, knowledgeable on a lot of things. But Jason, you got a lot of followers, dude. So it's funny. I think I I don't think I have that many actually. I don't know. Really? Well, yeah. okay. I, I have a quarter of the amount you have. I know, but every now and then, like I'll I'll click on somebody, <laughs> and uh, and and see like they have like fifty thousand followers. I'm like, what? Yeah, say. You know, yeah. Uh, you guys. I don't know if you follow uh, uh, Ryan Panago's Agent M. Yes. The, you know, he's uh he's you know the Marvel head of I guess Marvel dot com, and he's he's uh he's Ron Richards' good buddy. But you know, he has like two million followers. Really? Oh, shit. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's a lot. I got like what seven hundred. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> All right, though. What what does it matter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. I've been told, ironically, many times that I would have a lot more followers if I didn't tweet about three different, distinctly different things. Because a lot of people just don't want to. A lot of people don't want to hear about the other things I tweet about because they don't all overlap. Well, see that I like that because you're the only one teaching me about that stuff. Well, there you go. So and um, hey, let's pour a little bit out for Mr. Steve Jobs while we're at it. Yeah, man. So. Yeah, definitely one of the, the 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 brilliant men of our lifetime, for sure. Eighty-six, man. My first um, computer was an Apple II Plus. It had wow. a whopping twenty-four K of memory. 
Nice. That was hot. Yeah, it was awesome. Did, so did I'm gonna tr- Sean Pryor's on Twitter today was like, "No, sir, I cannot fix your Apple Newton." And he was like, <laughs> was "Like true story, people. It's been that kind of day." I was like, "Could you imagine having a guy come up to you at your office and say, excuse me, can you fix my Apple Newton?'" That's crazy. Here we go. We're gonna initiate the connection, ladies and gentlemen. In. Hello. Oh, here he is. We got him. Hey, it works. For those uh, listening at home, uh, this man, I, I got to equate him to James Brown because he is one of the hardest working dudes in comics. He He's an artist. He's a writer, uh, creator of the phenomenal Hack Slash, near and dear to my heart. He's uh, got this Masters of the Universe fetish, um, <laughs> a, a, as evidenced in... Uh, uh, Colt Noble and the Megalords. You've seen him on G.I. Joe projects, Ant-Man and the Wasp for Marvel, Love Bunny and Mr. Hell for Image, uh, Exiles, this four-star studio things where he does Jack Kraken. The guy's everywhere. And you're going to be seeing a lot more of him because he is on deck to, I think it's 151 is either out or it's coming out very soon. He, he's going to be the writer on Witchblade, everybody. You know who he is? He's Tim Seeley. Hey, and I like the James Brown thing. I'll take James Brown any day. That's, Me, that's yeah, <laughs> you well, do a lot of work, Tim. I expect you to do Living in America at your artist alley table in New York. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, flag, bet, yeah. you better bring the flag, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a karaoke staple, so that shouldn't be too difficult. Nice. Well, then I'll bring my Apollo Creed boxing shorts. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, how you doing, Tim? Not too bad. I'm calling you on my iPad, so thank you, Steve Jobs. Dearly departed Steve oh, Jobs. Oh, nice. We just got done talking about Steve Jobs. So there oh, you go. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm talking into a slice of glass, and it's just yeah, <laughs> surreal, man. Surreal. You know what? It sounds a hell of a lot better than most connections. It does. Yeah. I'm wondering if I should start you recording with my Seriously. iPad. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Are you so, using Skype? Yeah. Just, wow. just on uh on the iPads. It's kind of awesome. That is awesome. You sound great. I'm, I'm you so, do. I'm so happy because whenever we initiate a transfer, we have cross our fingers like, oh, I hope it sounds good. You sound yeah. phenomenal. And while you're sounding so good, let's talk about the big to-do. You taking over Witchblade after uh, Mr. Ron Mars. And I got to say, those are pretty big shoes. Yeah. I mean, he's put in 70 issues worth of, of story. So, I mean, that's, you know, nobody remembers who followed immediately after Kirby and uh, Stan Lee on Fantastic Four either, so I'm sure this will be great. <laughs> but uh, no, but I mean, you know, the, it's uh, you know, I, I've been reading it since Ron's been on it, so it's just I have to just go. Okay, I know what Ron did, and I know Ron is awesome, and I just I'm not Ron, so I'm going to do my thing, and hopefully, it's uh, it's what the people dig. So are you keeping, um, what, what are you, well, I don't want to ask specifics, but are you keeping a lot of the mythology that Mars created, or are you just going to blaze a whole new trail? Well, so, ver- you know, um, because of the way that they end Artifacts, which obviously I can't uh, can't ruin here, mm-hmm. um, but the end of Artifacts kind of sets us up so that we we have the opportunity to kind of take a different direction. Um so, but basically, my approach instead of you know trying to, uh, um, I you know, because the book's been around for a long time, and I think uh, unfortunately, I, for whatever reasons, even though Ron's run has been awesome, I think the book has kind of been 
forgotten by people and just they've sort of taken it for granted. So, um, so what we've got to do is just come in and you know recognize everything that's awesome about it, and then try to throw in some stuff that I think hopefully will attract people's attention back to the back to Witchblade. Mm-hmm. But I mean, definitely, you know, Ron's approach. Um, I remember talking once when he was saying, uh, you know, that the kind of book, the previous kind of book that Wishblade was, which was a tendency towards sort of cheesecakiness, uh, wasn't the kind of comic he wanted to write. Uh, although he did write Voodoo recently, so there you go. But um, <laughs> but that's, you know, that sort of is the approach I want to take then, which is what is the kind of book I want to write um, for Wishblade? You know, even though the character is going to be the same and all that sort of stuff. Um, just kind of what kind of book will I have a good time? You know, you'll be able to see me having a good old time with it. So, yeah, I was uh, recently uh, thumbing through the new previews, and of course, I stumbled upon the cover to issue one fifty three, and it's uh, John Tyler Christopher. Yeah, and it's not a cover I would expect to see on Witchblade, but it is so cool. It it's she's the motorcycle one. Yeah, she and it's <laughs> it, there's a wraparound of well we. It could be Sarah. We don't know who it is, right? Um, well, I'm assuming it's Sarah. Uh, and, Sarah. Okay, but she has this like exo bio skeleton type, the witchblade thing, but it's over her almost her entire body, and she looks like she's actually bonding with the motorcycle. That is really cool. That was one of those. Uh, so that guy, John Tyler Christopher, is a he's a madman, and he uh, he'll do like a hundred sketches just for one cover. Wow. Uh, so. But there, it was just something I had mentioned that may appear in the script, like um, Sarah's going to, you know, Witchblade eyes a motorcycle, and he just went, he went all out with it. So they went with a wraparound because it looked so good. Like that guy, is, he's that kind of artist where he draws something, you know, extra wide, and they go, all right, we'll give you a wraparound because that's badass. That's cool. <laughs> I, I, we need a poster of that. There you go. It'll be like a spread, it looks like a spread, like a hot rod magazine or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um... So we have the Witchblade, and you can't give too much uh, specifics about it, but any kind of clue as to the direction at, at all? Yeah, for sure. Well, basically, um, you know, because of the way uh, Artifacts end, um, it sort of makes Sarah in a sort of – she has a new status quo. Um, okay. So what we're going to do is move her to Chicago, and her reasons uh-huh. – Ah, third – Third coast. That's right. Chris will be happy. He'll be yeah. back collecting it again. Great. By the way, that's the best part of tonight's interview is that we, the three of us, actually get to talk to Tim for once instead of <laughs> having to sit here walk, walk to Tim, even though they talk to each other all the time. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Is, is Neesman even there? I came here. No. No, he's no, not. He's not. Well, Party you time. Is, you he can, blew you, you off with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, there we go. I can actually talk to you guys. It works out well. Cool. Um. But yeah, so we're moving to Chicago, and and one of the reasons for that is that I think New York and Top Cow Universe has been pretty well, you know, kind of explored and set up, and and um, we kind of know, you know, Sarah was part of the police force there that you know investigated strange crimes, and and um, it was very much kind of like a New York cop procedural with supernatural elements. So because kind of the things are that are changing, uh, it'll give me a lot more freedom, and I can do some new stuff if I put her in a new city and um, we're going to really kind of play with the way that Chicago is different than New York city. Um, and it'll allow to say, at, least, at least now, you know, I mean, you're familiar with the territory, so it's not like you're just making stuff up for the few times you oh, might yeah, be so out of New York. You're going to be attacked by a giant pizza demon. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
sourdough monster. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Now, the, the villain in the first issue throws incredibly huge chunks of Chicago pizza at her. That's right. And uh, <laughs> pins her. Chris will like that. But um, so will there be a presence in the book of the uh, the other woman who wielded the witchblade? Uh, will, uh, will, Baptist, uh, yeah. She's not in my run yet. I've written uh, five issues out of four issues, and she does not make an appearance yet. Okay. Um, but like all those characters, you know, those are pretty beloved top cow staples, but, um, mm-hmm. she doesn't fit into the initial storyline. Um, but kind of as the sort of, you know, Sarah's first, uh, arc will be sort of her as a fish out of water. That's the other thing I kind of want to do is because you know, she's a New York cop in New York and she always, you know, she was always able to, you know, the, the book was kind of always about someone in their turf. And then in addition, there occasionally was like a troll or a demon or something crazy. Um, so in this case, in every aspect of her life, she's going to be in a new situation. You know, she's in a new town and she doesn't know quite how the rules work. And, you know, the cops don't act the same in Chicago as they do in New York city. And, um, the criminals don't, and, and just, you know, the weather's different and, um, but there, you know, it'll allow us to sort of do those kind of witchblade hardboiled cop stories, um, except in a little bit different of an approach. So it's, it's kind of going to be more like uh, somebody caught me, you know, I'm describing the book to somebody, and actually I think it was Neesman, and he's like, oh, sort of like the Dresden Files. And I've never read the Dresden Files, but apparently it's kind of like the Dresden Files because it's in Chicago. It's kind of a hard-boiled um, uh, magician thing, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. supernatural hard-boiled PI story. Cool. Uh, did, did, uh, did you pitch this to Top Cow? Did Top Cow seek you out? It was when they were uh, when Ron was kind of uh, wrapping up his his run. Um, I think Top Cow kind of originally told Image that they were they were looking for a new writer, and um, Eric Stevenson had suggested me for it. Um, oh, I, nice. I, I'm not sure, but I think I got you know I got the some backup from other guys that I know there. Like um, you know, I mean, I've known Kirkman and all those guys for so many years that. Um, I think maybe I got, you know, I got a couple of recommendations or whatever, and then I had to uh, go in front of the big men themselves and, and pitch them on the idea and hope I uh, pulled off something awesome. So, um, but yeah, it was, I, I'm not sure, like, you know, they could have asked everybody at Image. I'm not sure. Maybe they took a hundred, you know, pitches or maybe they just asked me and I happened to be interested. So <laughs> I'm not sure exactly how it went, but um, I was definitely interested right off the bat. I felt like, you know, if I'm going to move on to something, I've never taken a job where it's been written by someone else and I come in to write it. You know, I've written Hack Slash and I've written miniseries, but I've never like been dropped in like every other comic book art writer on earth. I'm the only guy that hasn't ever had that gig. So. Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that might be kind of a good challenge for me, like something, mm-hmm. you know, but on the other hand, it's also about a hot girl and monsters, which is sort nice. of what I'm known. <laughs> well, so I have a question cause you know, it's, it's, um, you know, in terms of the process, obviously with Hack Slash, you've, you, I mean, it's your creation, and you sort of get to oversee it and all the facets of it. And and this is, like you said, a quite a different departure. But my thought was more because you're also an accomplished, you know, artist in your own right. Um, what is it like for you? And maybe it's different now that you've done it for a bit. But what's it like for you to sort of be just the writer or the plotter, and then have to hand over the the visual storytelling aspects to someone else? I mean, do you find the temptation to you know, get get pages back and say, "Oh, that's not how I wanted it done, or how I would have done it," but it's still cool. Or are you sort of kind of past that because you trust artists to do their own thing. 
Yeah, it's weird. It's actually kind of a little bit somewhere in the middle where, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, it's it's sort of a thrill to be the the writer and to sort of hand it off and then see what someone comes back with. And when, the first time I'd done that, I think, was with, you know, maybe it was a G.I. Joe story with Mike Norton or something. Yeah, it was. Wow, that was so long ago. Um, but it was so exciting and so cool to be like, wow, I didn't. I just had to write it and someone else drew it. That was awesome. It was like, you know, it was 20 minutes of work for me to write that page and eight hours of work for him to do it. Um, but then on the other hand, it's also sort of, I, I mean, I'm sure all writers, even if you don't draw, you sort of have this where there's a little bit of frustration that it's not exactly what you were thinking, but that I think that's part of the job as any kind of, you know, screenwriter or comic book artist is to, you know, you've kind of, gave birth to this thing and that's going to have the influence of everybody else in its life, you know? Yeah. Um, and certainly like and with Witchblade, uh, working with this guy, Diego Bernard, who, um, you know, he's, he's not English. He's not his first language. He's a Brazilian artist. He works kind of with the Diego at Bennett school. And, uh, it took me like two issues, maybe three to sort of understand, like, here's what I can't say in a script because he won't get it. Like I'll load that thing with, you know, stupid references and jokes and for my own entertainment and hopefully for the artist. And in this case, it just made it confusing. So, you know, there's, there's going to be, there's like a new economy to my scripts so that they're, so I get sort of the visuals that I, that go with the story. But um, on the other hand, like he, he can draw things that I can never do. So, and he thinks of, uh, you know, panel layouts and stuff. It's actually, it's like always like an education, which I kind of like about drawing and writing and then mixing it. Um, Cause when I worked with on generation hope with Karen Gillen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, his scripts were amazing. They were so concise and they were so, you know, they were really demo- packed with emotion and all the characters and all this great stuff. And he described every, every facial expression. And I learned a lot just from me drawing his scripts. So it's kind of the other way around too, where I, learned a lot seeing someone else draw my script. So um, hopefully that'll make me some kind of Voltron of comic creator where all <laughs> together nice. form the blazing sort of awesome. You'd definitely a, be the red line, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question that kind of hinges on Jason's. It, it's it's similar. Uh, lately, we've, I'm sorry. Yeah, lately, no. we've seen uh, Cassie and Vlad at publishers other than Image in stories that were not written by you. Um, for example, you had the uh, Monster's Ball thing by yeah. that was written by Brandon Jirwa, the uh, Zombies vs. Cheerleaders issues at, at Moonstone that was written by um, Stephen Frank, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, is, is it difficult for you to hand over your babies to someone else and be what I'm assuming is completely removed from the process? Oh man, I'm awful at it. I mean, you know, I, well, I kind of I was cool with um, Stephen Frank, the guy that uh, did the Zombies of Cheerleaders one. They did a card set. They kind of wanted to do, you know, we had done this sketch card set, and uh, they wanted to do their little follow up thing. And I was really kind of psyched to do that one because he pitched me the story. It was short and fun, and it had cartoony art. And it wasn't something that I could publish on my own in Hackslash because people would get up my ass about it. But um, it was perfect for you know him and. Uh, then it coincided way too closely in time with the dynamite one, right? Uh, which made it look like we were just like big whores, like hey, everybody, you know, have a character, put them in your book. Um, but you know, it was just weird timing because that would have been planned for months and stuff. But uh, yeah, I honestly like it. It bothers me enough that I don't really, I should, I don't read the scripts <laughs> when I'm supposed to. 
But um, you know, people send me the script for approval, and it just bothers me to read it. Uh, it's not the fault of the writer. It's just I, all I see is what you know, what's not quite right, or if it, you know, or what I would never would have done, or I don't want to see how, if I don't want it to mess up whatever I'm working on. So I give it to a friend to read, and then I say, "Did they do a good job with casting that?" And they say, "Yes," and I say, "Good enough." So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're right when they come out, but. You're right about the zombies versus cheerleaders one. It's it was good. I, I enjoyed it very much, but not in not in a style one would expect to see Cassie and Vlad. It's 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 a little on the well, it's a lot on the cute side. A lot side. of cartoony side, yeah. Yeah, I love that artist too. But you know, it was definitely it's it's. I kind of like the things where if the Cassie and Vlad guest star in someone else's book, I I've, I kind of got this from Eric Larson, which was, um, you know, he justified a lot of crossovers where Dragon didn't act like Dragon. By saying you were seeing them through those characters' eyes, you know. See, well, that's cool. Yeah. I'm not crazy. Uh, he's another weirdo <laughs> like David. <then. laughs> I'm not nuts. Thank you. <laughs> that's how I had to treat it. You know, it's. Um, but I liked how that worked in that one, where it's, you know, you're kind of, and that was kind of why I wanted it to be a Zombies vs. Chillers first book, and also the Head Hacks last year. But, um, and if I had my dithers, I probably would have made sure that. Um, the evil one was called Eva Hackslash, not Hackslash Eva, but because I kind of wanted it to be more Eva's story and Cassie and Vlad were in it, you know? Right. But, um, but I learned some things, you know. I'm, I know that it just kills me to read the scripts and stuff, but I can read the comics and enjoy them just fine. Mm-hmm. But the um, Monster's Ball is more in line with your, uh, like the image version of Hackslash. The arts kind of, yeah. the uh, Cesar uh, Razik draws a, a little bit, well, a, a lot like um, Daniel uh, Leister. Is it Leister? Yeah, you got it, actually. Okay. He's crazy when I say Leister every time, but then, you know, he says hack and slash, and I was like, dance, just hack slash. <laughs> 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 that is awesome. But uh, let's keep rolling with the hack slash stuff because I mean I just love the book. And uh, a couple episodes back, I went off on um, issue number five, and I got to ask you, what was the? Well, obviously, it's Fletcher Hanks was the inspiration, but why? <laughs> the, it's gorgeous. I mean, and it, and it, it's it's so in tune with hack slash. But where did the idea to do a, a Fletcher Hanks? riff in in the pages of hack slash come from <laughs> I, well um you know there's the, the fledger hanks those collections came out from uh from was a kitchen sinker um the lives to destroy uh all all civilized planets and and um i just kind of got obsessed with the design of phantom i think it's the craziest <laughs> thing i've ever seen like a jungle girl who flies and wears black lingerie and also turns into a blue skull with giant muscles. Like that's the <laughs> And there's something I kind of fell in love with the 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 stuff that they you everything is kind of there's a tendency to make everything appeal to most people nowadays. <laughs> and I don't think Fletcher Hanks thought that would appeal to I mean, who the hell does he think that appealed to? So I kind of fell in love with that character, the just weirdness of it, the fact that, you know, she he was she he was kind of a tortured soul in real life and and he made these characters that could just do whatever they wanted, whatever he decided they could. Um, so I kind of felt like Phantom of fit into the Hackslash world. It could kind of be like, you know, the ultimate, uh, where, where Cassie has no, no sort of special powers or anything like that. 
you put Phantom on there who can do whatever she wants, and she's sort of just as tormented and, and sort of a sad sack as Cassie can be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, and it was, it's, a, it's a chance to make a superhero-type story work in a hack-slash world. And if, if the idea is as crazy as Phantom, where she, you know, turns people into trees and tosses them into the sun, it, it's just, it just works that much better. And the, the Paul Bludgeon is, is awesome. <laughs> he really is. now this idea we've ever came up with <laughs> are um, you in, in touch with Cal Strom because I would love to buy one of these pages oh yeah yeah I, I, I talk to Kyle almost every day he's on this uh, mailing list I'm on so uh, I, t- I chat to him a lot but the design for that went so weird like he went with like an Easter Island head on it it was so strange yeah <laughs> love it yeah I just I got it back and I was like hey, whatever man that's awesome so yeah it's an exceptional issue. I gotta say, I I think it's my favorite issue of Hackslash to date. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I love That's it. Another one where we stepped outside of the normal bounds of the book, so a lot of people didn't. I mean, we do we do that a lot. We're just like, fuck it, we're gonna do something weird, and we'll get Kyle to draw it. It looks nothing like it usually does, and it's gonna have a Fletcher Hanks thing for whatever reason. And some people dig it, and some people just go, God damn it, Seely, do more slasher stories. <laughs> uh, so the fans are pretty vocal. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I mean, I didn't. This run particular, I get more letters than I've ever gotten, and they definitely call me out on shit a lot, um, which I never, I've never had before. Like we got called out on that issue, the latest issue, had a letter from a woman calling me like or writing in and say, you know, you made the tits too big, and you know, Cassie's supposed to be this size, and your artist room had like basically D cups, and I'm like holy crap, she's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I never want to see Cassie naked. <laughs> I don't really. Yeah, it, no, it's 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 kind of like the Vampirella thing. You you uh, never right. you never saw Vampirella like completely naked. You never saw okay. a nipple because the attraction. That's what I'm going after. I don't want to. I don't want the reveal. I want that, you know? That's fair. I ruined it though. If you are on the Suicide Girl website, you can ruin it if you want. But <laughs> oh really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Actually, if you look up. Actually, if you just look up Cassie Hack on the internet, I think it's the second image that comes up is the <laughs> naked one from the Suicide Girl set. So, Huh, interesting. Yeah, a little bit Hold of shirt. One second while I Google something. Yeah, <laughs> make sure your safe search is off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it always is. And while there you mentioned you the uh, Suicide Girls, that was a pretty ingenious uh, pairing. Well, it was one of those, you know, we one of the things we really wanted to push when we were back at Devil's Do was, oh, wait, we, we can do whatever we want. We can, you know, we don't we can do something like let's cross over with a, you know, a pseudo sort of um, light internet alternative porn website. We can do that. Right. Uh, but yeah, it actually, it was, you know, at the time it, it ended up being like the best selling hack slash we ever did. And, um, you know, it, it, I think it introduced us to a lot of people in that sort of subculture who don't normally pick up comics. Maybe, um, you know, in the end I probably wouldn't do it again, but you know, I got a story out of it and, Got some new readers, and now I know. Yeah, pretty smart though. As See? long as we, we're always trying to. I, I mean, I just, I think it's, it's easy to get lazy when you're doing your, your job is to do a book, and you spend so much time doing it. But it's, it's always opportunities to hopefully expand. You know, just comic readership would be awesome. Right. Know? So, well, on that front, I mean, so it's been you know a decent amount of time now since you made the move to Image, and um, you know, I, I just curious about your thoughts there but also too i mean where are you at in terms of um 
you know, digital, I, I've been dying to ask, you know, uh, you and some of the other creators that I know, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on digital? I mean, how is it, is it a meaningful part of, you know, you don't have to give out specific numbers, but is it like a meaningful part of, of your, of your sales? Is it sort of like incremental where just like each issue sells a, some copies each kind of, you know, how, how much are you noticing the digital, I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, I mean, I think well, everybody will tell you that the the digital numbers. I think, I mean, our in our case, I think it's it's roughly like maybe like nine hundred a month. I think somewhere in there. Um, but the interesting thing about digital is when I first started, you know, we've been on uh, Comicsology and Graphically and a couple other sites for quite a while. I think even mm-hmm. you know back to the Devil's Due days, uh, we were we were up on a lot of stuff, and the first numbers of that were like thirty, forty. 60, 80, and even the highest selling books was, you know, 500 copies. So um, it's growing. I mean, it's just, it's certainly just going to be, I mean, yeah, it's, it's seeing it grow is so encouraging because obviously a big part of comics, unfortunately, is always watching the sales of ongoing series slowly dwindle. Right, right, yeah. Cause but at the, least, I mean, with, with, so, so if you have 500 digital copies sold, at least you know that those are 500 sets of eyes on that, whereas if you had 1,200 books sold through Diamond, you don't know how many of those 1,200 are still sitting point. on the shelves. Yeah, and, and you naturally kind of have to assume uh, that a certain amount, you actually gain more eyes on that stuff because, you know, people are turning around and they steal it and they give it to their buddies. And, uh, right, right. That's, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's such a nebulous thing. You know, we do the double feature app essentially simply because we think digital should be done a certain way, um, and we think it should be a certain price point and all that sort of stuff. And you know, I, I certainly I put my I'm putting my hat into that as being that is the future, and I'm I'm willing to stand by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think it's you know it's going to be a slow thing, and I I don't think it helped immensely that everybody, all the big publishers, really kind of. Stepped very, they, they they walked very lightly into this, and they didn't. Yeah, you know they would, you know they didn't want to piss off retailers and like get all that sort of stuff. But um, um, it, I think we just need more. We need cheaper devices. That's uh, Amazon, the Kindle Fire. Yeah, the that, Fire. Yeah, that's a huge. I think that's going to do a, a lot. Yeah, um, we need cheaper devices, though. I mean, you know, the iPad is still something that you know not everybody has, and once. And this is the best device to read digital comics on by far. Um, oh, no question, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think when there's more more penetration of these kind of devices and stuff, we're going to see different numbers. But, yeah, I just hope everybody stays the course and is not dissuaded by the fact that it's, you know, it's it's not going to be 100,000 copies for the DC Digital as it is for their print book. It's just, it's not going to be that way. But. Mm-hmm. Let it, give it time to grow. Don't, don't, right. don't pull the plug after six months and be like, yeah, it was a failure. Well, like, it's yeah. not costing us anything, and I think you know the problem partially is too is that we're not treating we're treating digital like oh these are our print files you can buy them online. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hopefully, there'll be more people going. We're creating digital comics, and they are their own thing. They're not they're not a sad cousin of print. You know, they're right. not they're not us turning around and using that PDF. Which I mean, admittedly, that's what we do with Hack Slash. That's what we do with all the stuff in Comicsology and stuff, but. Um, you know, for our double feature stuff, we're trying to push the envelope as far as what content you can do on on that sort of stuff. What how many pages you can tell in a story. I mean, everything changes when you're not limited to you know a four page signature. 
uh, in a print, you know, fold. It's just it's a totally different thing. So right, but yeah. unlike unlike the big guys, you are giving an extreme amount of content yeah, for a, for a very reasonable price. Now, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and also have, too, I mean, the thing that and Tim, you just alluded to it when we've talked about this a couple of times recently when we've talked about digital is one of the things I hope we'll see, and I guess it's inevitable, is that as digital does get to a point where it's meaningful enough, especially for you know, creator under smaller press books that, that don't have as high a hurdle, you know, they don't have to sell 50,000 copies to justify their existence, um, you know, that there'll, there'll be some some playing with the format because digital is a different outlet. It is a different medium. The way people will look at it will differ from device to device. Uh, the concept of, like, a really cramped... I mean, I love a double-page splash, but I don't know if that necessarily always works that well uh, particularly on like a an iPhone, right? I mean, that's. It, it, I mean, it just doesn't like those DC ones. It's just such you actually dread getting to the splash. You know? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's going to be tiny, you know. So, so I'm hoping that that I mean, again, I don't expect many guys that are creating comics right now to to go through the process of 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 architecting an entirely new new type of comic for a device if they're not sure what the sales are. But but I'm hoping as as we ramp in the next year, you'll start seeing things done in the digital format that really couldn't be done in print just like print allows you to do things you couldn't do in other in other mediums you know i mean i hope it takes on a life of its own at some point because that'll that'll be really exciting at least as a consumer of the stuff you know yeah and hopefully you know when, when you've got really awesome features available for digital copies that'll push print to have to do things better and more efficiently too you know you're gonna hopefully they'll they'll push each other to be better you know deliveries for sequential art but i mean it's i, I guess as much as I was kind of frustrated with early attempts, at least I think things are sort of on the right track now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly, you know, the, the image going day and day and the way that they're approaching that and DC doing, they're going to DC doing stuff for the Kindle fire. Um, yeah, I think we're getting there. It, it's just, I think it's, we're still at that point where, you know, you're going to still hear readers and, and people sort of, and, and probably some retailers, disparaging the numbers and saying, oh, that's kind of lame. That's, I thought it would be so much more. But we just have to say, well, no, I mean, it's compared to, you know, the transition from print to digital for magazines or anything else, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, the, I, always get, I always crack up because uh, that happens in all businesses, you know, like with, with digital books, right? I mean, when, when Amazon announced um, – you know, after that first, I think like like twelve, fourteen months of of Kindle, they announced that ten percent of book sales were now Kindle books. And like you said, everyone's like, "Oh, oh, big deal, ten percent." You know, it's not that big a deal. It's not, it, you know, books will never go away. And then next thing you know, you know, beginning of this year, they announced that just a year later, Kindle sales are now more than fifty percent of book sales on Amazon, which is yeah. by far and away, you know. So so it just it just you know it hits that crescendo, and once it gets ubiquitous, it just takes off. So I mean, I, I just. Uh, you know, and in comics, look, as much as we all love it and we all spend a boatload of our money and you make your living doing it and all that sort of stuff, I mean, the fact is we know that a lot more people than the hundred to 200,000 that may buy the top-selling book each month through Diamond want to read comic books and sequential art. So i got to believe that there's going to be ways for people to read these things digitally in a lot bigger numbers eventually, you know? Right. I mean, and you just look at the success of the webcomic and, and the problem, obviously, in comparison is that those are free – but the other thing being that the people aren't – it doesn't bother people that they're sequential art, that they're comics. No one is saying, like, oh, I thought comics were for kids. The, the audience is there. Everybody knows now that, you know, they associate 
um, you know, it, it is another medium to get a story. So, yeah, the, the, the eyes are there. It's just convincing them to, you know, hop onto a, a device, go to a, a you know, a, a app store, buy that app, go onto the app. I mean, we're just not there as far as how do we, if you want a Batman comic, how do you find it? Oh, you got to go buy the DC app, then download. You know, it's just, it's still too, a little too hard, a little bit too um, inside baseball. But, you know, it's better. It's better. Right, right. So, so what's next for you with with double feature? I mean, because I, I think uh, horror number two, what came out just a couple weeks ago, or I just uh, I downloaded it automatically. But uh, do you have another Jack Kraken uh, volume coming up in like horror number three soon, or how, how long do we have to wait for that? I'm gonna do Jack in a different uh, genre this time, so I gotta okay. figure out what because he was in action the first time, then he was in horror. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to do sci-fi or maybe fantasy. I have to figure out a way to make that work. Nice. Uh, but yeah, we've, we're booked up through. I mean, that's the nice thing is that we are kind of booked up. Um, sci-fi is next, and that's complete. And fantasy is, is full, and that comes out in uh, December or November, and then you know we'll start again. So I just have to uh, figure out what needs to fill in, and then it's my job to crack out a kraken. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, because you move so seamlessly between the corporate character work for hire um aspect of the comics industry and you're well versed in the in the you know creator owned aspect do you ever have periods where say you're working on a story for marvel and you're like you know damn it this would be so much easier if i could just if if i if i didn't have these people nagging me i could just do it myself get it done or or you know you notice things about their ways of working that doesn't jive with the way you do it on you know the creator own stuff do you, do you ever get frustrated because you, you work in a lot of different worlds you know it's weird because it, i do notice that with um some of the stuff Anytime I work on anything with licenses, then I remember why I don't work on licensed stuff anymore. Um, but, like, working with Marvel is weirdly... I, I mean, I haven't worked with DC that much, so it's harder for me to say. But with definitely with the Marvel stuff, um, you know, you know, you go in there knowing it's a Marvel book, and, and you sort of... You're a custodian for that property for the month, and you, you hope you make it cool, and hope the fans like it, and you hope that you get more work. And it's really... It's such a different, in a weird way... Um, it's, such a, it's, it's a completely different process. And I think if I only did that, I would probably start to get kind of frustrated. I'd probably go a little crazy. And you probably see, I'd probably be that guy that writes, you know, Jazz Penises in the background of all the X-Men comics because I'm so frustrated. But uh, <laughs> but I, I don't have that frustration. I mean, I, you know, I, I do it for a couple months and I have a good time, but I work on characters I like. And then I go to Hexlash and I can put penis in the background all day and everybody says yay. So, um, yeah, it's it's... I think going between the worlds has kept me from from sort of ever feeling bitter or, um, you know, creatively stifled or anything. Um, and, and, yeah, I've actually, you know, I'll talk to buddies of mine. Uh, we hang out at a con, and someone, someone that I know that I know makes tons of money doing some a company character, that, and they're very well-respected, and fans love them. And I'll hear them saying, man, I wish I had a book in Hackslash. And it's funny to me because I'm like, really? You want that thing? <laughs> Because it's a pain in the ass, but I know what they're saying. I know, you know, that th there's something that I'm getting that is allowing me to not ever get jaded or frustrated and keeps me loving making comics, you know. Right. But the um, the joys of 
autonomous creation, like on the hack slash stuff, comes with a price. And and Absolutely. the price is you, you you are completely autonomous. You don't have guys out there promoting the stuff for you and you know uh, creating your copy for the previews and and doing all the you know I was going to say paste up work. That's that's insane. Shows you how old I am. Um, you know. You know, you you don't have guys choosing what goes in the little solicitations. I mean, you have to do all that. So yes. you have a, an admirable work ethic. There there'd probably be a point where I'd be like, screw it, I'm a draw Spider Man, whatever. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like right. I mean, there is that. You know, the frustration that comes with creator and stuff, at least for me, can be much greater than my frustrations with the corporate work. Of course, the rewards are much greater, but the frustrations are. They can be like, I mean, you know, you will rarely hear, you're never going to hear Kirkman talk about how Walking Dead drives him fucking crazy, but trust <laughs> me, there are days when he wishes he could, you know, would be doing anything else that, than that book because I'm sure it drives him crazy some days, you know, he's like figuring something out and, and then, you know, doing the advertising and the print runs and, you know, all that stuff is, is and especially like with, with uh, doing a creator own thing, one of the hardest things for me is, business you know uh i've got to determine page rates i've got to determine how many you know if we want to do a hardcover volume or if we want to do you know a licensed um card set or role-playing game or all that sort of stuff and you know you're owning a business which i i don't think i ever thought that that would be something i'd say you know i, I thought i might say i own a, a wild pig or i own a um, you know, a motorcycle with, you know, whatever, with a sidecar. I thought I might say that, but I don't think I ever thought I'd say I own a business. But, you, you know, I do. And that's something I have to um, keep, in, you know, as sort of as well-balanced and well-attended to as I do, you know, casting Vlad as characters in a comic book. It's, that's the part that I think, uh, you know, is where sometimes you just want to go crawl under the, waiting in warm sheltering arms of marvel and cry you know? <laughs> yeah well uh, unlike the uh publishers of old you are incredibly scrupulous because you just uh i think it was last week you you uh released the info that the final check had been cut for the devil's do stuff yeah we uh we finally took us a year and a half but we finally paid off all the, the remaining debts and that's uh, awesome that's, yeah, it's, that's fantastic. That. I mean, yeah, above and beyond. Who else? You know, there's not many people that would go to that length just to. Dallas Staples did it. <laughs> I was going to say, there's something about He Man fans, right? You guys are all a good bunch of guys. Yeah, I don't know. Well, friends, <laughs> right? uh, if we ever, you know, we talked about we should do a company together and call it Payback Studios. Nice. But, <laughs> nice. But, My buddy so Val. I, just, I wouldn't be to have you know, the company associated with unhappy people, and it's just not cool, man. I couldn't. It's not like I could take those checks and enjoy myself, knowing that, you know, artists who drew their ass off, you know, it's just, that seems crazy. But, um, yeah, we, you know, we, I took out a loan and we paid off most of it. And then the sort of last lingering ones were the ones that I had to wait until we kind of got the checks for the omnibus, which allowed us to pay everybody off. So it was sweet. It was great right. walking away and be like, ah. Oh, We'll still hat tip to you for that. Yeah. Yes. Big big tip. Yeah. You, you you mentioned He Man, and I and I said it in the beginning of the 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 uh, interview. You do have a He Man fetish. You, you have a com you have a complete fetish. collection. Uh, he does. He loves He Man. You, you have I a do. complete collection of all the the toys. I do. Well, yeah, not wow. have you and Val compared notes? Uh, I mean, are you who who has the bigger collection? Well, I actually went to Val through the um, 
the Master of the Universe convention last oh, week. Okay. <laughs> oh, it was last week. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so um, I do have the bigger collection, but I got rid of a lot of his to pay. Uh, oh, right, years. right. But uh, yeah. I, have, I have a lot of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it actually paid off because I got to write the uh, mini-comics that came with the figure, so... Oh, uh, that's cool. Technically, yeah. all those are they're write-offs now. They were researched, so uh, if I have to go buy a uh, you know a freight flyer from 1987, uh, technically that is a tax write-off. Nice. nice. That is awesome. <laughs> I've been I kind for that. You know, it, 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 I was I was thinking, you know, with our podcast, do we like could we write off stuff like that? But I think you have to actually like earn some kind of income to justify <laughs> writing things off. So I don't know that we. Uh, we better but, start uh, selling some shit. Well, I got to know, Tim. So with the with the He-Man thing, what's uh, what, what what was the harder thing to explain to your wife when you started dating her that you were uh, like uh, was was the comic book thing harder for her to grasp or the He-Man thing or were they oh, equally the sort of thing by far? I would imagine, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, you know, she was familiar with comics and um, you know, she reads fables and stuff. So, so comics are not strange, but an adult male coming home with a little plastic figure that he paid. Forty bucks yeah. for it is super excited. It's still going to take a while. Is, is, does she do the right thing and call them action figures, or is she like my wife and say that they're dolls? <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how happy she's with me. She's oh, okay. dolls, nice, right? <laughs> nice. So, so what? Um, I mean, between all the stuff that you with the with the family now and the and the writing and the, and the drawing, you, I'm sure you're pretty busy. But you know, we love when we have uh, buddies and, and artists on to talk about uh, you know other stuff, other other comics too. So, is there anything that you're just loving right now? I mean, did you get a chance to read any like the uh, the new DC stuff or or anything else that you wanted to to pimp to us that maybe we haven't been trying that we should? Oh man, um, I did read a lot of the 52 stuff. I wasn't. Crazy about most of. I really liked the Batman by Snyder. That was really good. Oh, oh yeah, that was our yeah. favorite. Yeah, wow, that guy earns it. Um, I also really liked his Severed book. That was that was good. Yeah, I have him sitting here. I have I have the the first issue sitting on my stack here. I haven't gotten to it yet though. Yeah, yeah great book, great art, uh, really spooky, really a uh, lot of atmosphere. Um, let's see, I really enjoy a lot um, IDW's Dungeons and Dragons comic. That's a lot of fun. It's really well written. John Rogers, funny dude. Um, and it's like, it very much reads like a like you're playing D and D. It's kind of you know all you need is someone munching Cheetos in your ear and uh, <laughs> desperation and sexlessness. It's, and when you and when you say somebody, you mean Norton? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 he, eats, he eats carrots when he we play D&D so that we keep down the, the calories while we play. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> the, the new Svelte Norton, I forgot. Or, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I regularly enjoy that book. That's one of the ones that I, I'm always excited to pick up. Invincible is still one of my favorite books. Um, it has, it's, been, it's been a little while since I picked up something. You know, I picked up Habibi last week. I haven't got a chance to read it. Yeah, me neither. Um, looking forward to that one. Definitely, definitely. Looks so, I fantastic. mean, you, you being such a horror fan, I mean, do you like? I mean, it, do you, do you dig on like The Walking Dead, or is that sort of not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I read Walking Dead um, in trade because uh, yeah, me too, yeah, me too. That way. But yeah, I love Walking Dead, um, and you know, I, I've actually been passing those to my wife because she loved the TV show. So, um, which is nice. Back in a few weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, unbelievable, right? That time flew. I felt yeah, it really did. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. No, uh, I'll, 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 I'll need something, man. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. 
What's the uh, status of the Hack Slash movie? Is it that's still in production? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's just so much hurry up and wait and then nothing and then, yeah. Well, let's do some inside baseball because I think a lot of people, I know a lot of our listeners, you know, they'll read a press release on, you know, one of the sites like iFanboy or, you know, Newsrama or something. And they'll say, oh, you know, one of their favorite ar- artists or favorite creators gets a, an option for either a TV show or a movie. And then they think, I think a lot of people just think, great, that means that at some point in the next year or two, I'm going to see that made. Oh, but it's, okay. so, so, I mean, what, what is that? So what does it actually mean, I guess, from your purview of like getting something optioned and then what? Like how how much of it is 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 out of your hands? At at what point does it sort of just not have really have anything? To do? You have no more control over it until it either gets made or made. Like how does that all work? Um, well, basically, I mean, the standard sort of Hollywood model of of doing things. The moment a studio gives you money, it's out of your hands. That's, that's they pay you basically to shut up, which is which is fine. Um, they basically pay pay you for the idea, and then for you to back the hell away. Which okay. Um, but an option just means that. What an option basically means is that the creator gets a nice check for three thousand bucks or five thousand bucks or whatever. Um, an option is for a limited amount of time. So, like Hackslash would be first option in two thousand and five. Um, the option originally was for six months. So that means the studio had the first. No one else could make a movie for it, and they could sort of kick around production. And if something went fast or some a director came on that really wanted to do it, they could they could go. Um, so Hackslash was optioned for four, three, three sessions of six months. So a year and a half was was um, optioned. So every time they optioned it, they paid us a new chunk of money. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's that just basically is like a holding fee. And while they're optioning it, they'll kick around like trying to attach a director, or trying to attach a writer, or you'll have or a star writer, or something, right? Yeah, have a star. And and a lot of times you'll have someone on, and then they'll suddenly not be attached, you know, they'll uh, find a new gig or not be hot anymore, blah, blah, blah. Um, with Hackslash, after that year and a half, they exercised their right to buy, which meant that they paid us a, a more money, mm-hmm. uh, but they owned the rights for feature film exclusively, and I think our deal particularly is like and forever, they have the rights to the film. Um, they don't have the rights to the comic book, obviously, the action figures, all that stuff is still mine, but to make a film, that's theirs. Um, so in our case, it was bought by a studio called um, Rogue Studios, which at the time was a division of Universal, which is a big company, obviously, owns it, used to own NBC, used to own all kinds of stuff. And in the time that after you know, we had people attached, directors, writers, screenplays, we had full screenplays, we had stars attached, and over the space of a year, all that stuff fell apart at some you know, we either we lost the star, we lost the screenplay, or they hated the screenplay and they rewrote it, or they hated the director, or whatever. Um, it basically, the point in Hackslash is now is because they own it, uh, they don't feel the sort of time crunch to get it done. Um, it's just a sort of catalog property. They have people signed up, but I think they're sort of waiting on having the full package. Like, they have a director, they have... A screenwriter, they don't have a script they like. So um, all these things kind of go in stages. Uh, you'll see a lot of stuff like this with, and I think now, if I was in my much greater wisdom, mm-hmm. I would never announce a film thing until it was in the theater ever again. Because I think Devil's Due at the time was so excited that we sold the rights something that they were like, sure, yeah, this. And um, and I think the studio at the time was excited too because 
um, you know, they had a really nice script they loved and, and, and they were super excited about it. But yeah, just stuff changes, new people come in and, um, it's the bummer about film stuff because it's so expensive that, you know, you, people are so cautious and everything has to be a surefire thing before they start anything. But, of course, most things are not successful, even though everything right. greenlit is, is surefire success. Um, well, and it could be, I mean, it sounds like it can be not only stressful for all the reasons that you're articulating, but I know that, like, I heard Jeff Smith uh, interviewed once, and he was talking about that uh, his his process with Bone, making Bone a movie, and I think he had gone through, like, two periods where studios owned the rights for a number of years. And uh, and then, like, once the second one, like, he, I guess it were two different points where he thought the movie was definitely happening, and then both times it fell apart, and then he's just kept... He's not sold the rights ever. Like it's he's had the rights for years, and he said he he doesn't envision ever even letting a studio have the rights again because it's it's not worth it. Even the idea of having the movie made and like what it could make him in terms of extra money just wasn't worth the the stress of going through that 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 roller coaster again, you know. But um, uh, yeah, I'm sure every person it's sort of a different experience, but it just that's stuck in my mind. I mean, I totally get that. I think it is kind of stressful. I didn't get into comics to make movies. I don't. I mean, I like movies outright, but I'm not a I have no desire to ever make films, and most films, um, especially ones based on something that isn't a film, are pretty disappointing. Um, so I was excited initially simply because it meant I might be able to make the comic for longer. Sure. Um, but at this point, I mean, we can make the comic without a movie, I guess. I mean, I'm, it's not make, we're not millionaires or anything, but um, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I feel bad because I know that to, to some of the Hackslash readers, a movie sounds so awesome, and in their head, it's so awesome. And yeah, maybe it would be that good. <laughs> I mean, right, right. It maybe it it probably be. I mean, you know, it's not. I don't know. It, it could end up like Bulletproof Monk. I mean, do you remember that? Was yeah, that? yeah. Or even uh, or more recently, like like Whiteout, right? I mean, Rock. You know, I mean that that was you know uh, sure. people were like, oh, that's great. Whiteout's coming, in. and yeah, I mean, Whiteout came out. You know, it's like I mean, yeah. it's it's just a different thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know. At this point, I, my response when people ask me is always like, I don't know, I can make comics. I know how to make comics. So, like, that's what I'm going to do. You know, I, I, it's cool that there's a possibility of a movie, and if it happens after I'm dead, whatever. <laughs> you know, but, um, I mean, I, I think uh, it, it's, it's just more sensational. I think people love this sort of Cinderella story of, like, comic creator makes movie and is rich and awesome and everything's happy and you know people love that story they love the the sensation that comes yeah. with that like i mean but in the, the reality of it is of course less exciting and less less romantic and you know it's you get to go you sell a movie you get to go to a couple parties in hollywood and you might see andy dick at a par at a bar and you know <laughs> and you gotta make comics again you know and it's all about you making comics and and making good comics and you know you you getting to hang out at a party with where Paris Hilton was paid to show up doesn't change that, you know. Yeah, that's a good so. point. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's <laughs> uh. And and how many times does the uh, Eastman and Laird lightning strike? I mean, that yeah. that was like one one in a million, and then sure, you know, I mean, it 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 could happen, but it's rare. But right. so you have you have the the right idea. Just keep on making the comics. Right. And I, and I think you might, if you asked Eastman and Laird about it, you, you know, maybe they would say they wished it hadn't gone away. I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, surely it was a huge success, and 
and Turtles is as much a part of Americana as Superman or Batman, but, um, you know, it's not all it's cracked out to be, I think, and um, I, I, I just know that when I was a little kid, like, dreaming of what I would do, it certainly didn't involve, you know, hanging out at some studio, kissing someone's ass so that they might option my comic. It, that wasn't part of the deck. Right, right, right. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> so, so this is your month, man. October. Do you, do you have any uh, any films coming up that uh, you're itching to see? Like, uh, I can't wait to see Human Centipede too. Have you seen the trailer for that? Yeah. it's <laughs> sick, man. Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I think I've seen the two horror movies I really wanted to see, um, and I saw them this summer, which was uh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. And the Friday Night remake, both of which I loved. Oh yeah, I, the Friday Night remake. I, I want to see, see that. Remake. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, you liked so, it, Tim? You thought it was good? Oh, it's awesome! Awesome, cool. I mean, cool. Friday Night is the first horror movie I ever saw, the original. Oh so, really? Oh. So I have a lot of affection for it, but I love the remake. I thought it was fantastic. And uh, Tucker and Dale is the movie that, if I got to make a hack slash movie, that I would make, which you'll never beat. But that is a great movie. I, I totally recommend it. Cool. So yeah, I, I guess uh, Scream Four wasn't on your short list. Oh, I like. <laughs> I did like Scream Four. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I recommend it. I think it's genius. I, I thought the way that they they thought they were making a uh, sequel, but they were actually making a remake is awesome. That's a great idea. I yeah, I watched it today. Actually, that's why I mentioned it. But uh, yeah, I, I I agree. I thought it was. I was a little like sort of nervous about it, but you know, I figured out what the hell it's you know. It's a couple bucks on my iPad. What's the what's the worth? But no, I, I liked it too. I thought having Williamson back writing it and stuff was it was it it worked for me at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was definitely different. not disappointed. I mean, it's weird because like around this time of year when you know the horror movies start coming out of the theaters in droves, it tends to be the ones I'm not interested in. Um, I didn't care for any of the Saw movies or any of their ilk. So like that's kind of what you get. And Paranormal Activity, I did enjoy the first one, but you know, like those horror movies aren't. Aren't as fun to me as, uh, um, you know, like a Friday night or, or whatever. So um, yeah, there hasn't what been. What about the uh, what about the thing remake? Oh, I'll see that for sure. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Pretty good. It does look good. I don't know, you know, I don't. I I, I kind of want to see it and, and maybe just try to judge it on its own without. Yeah, that's going to be a hard it. one. I mean, I, I'm with you, yeah. David. Like, like it just because the the first one was so awesome. You know, yeah. it's going to be like uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Oh, no. I, 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 I have almost zero love for Carpenter. Yeah, Halloween was great. The other ones, I think wow. they're, they're pretty rough. Yeah. What do you mean the other ones? Like all you're saying? Carp oh. Carpenter in general, like. Uh, wow. Uh, they live. That's all you need to know. That's yeah, that, that's a decent. I, I I do like that one just because Roddy Piper and the whole theme behind it. But like the fog, really. You know, yeah, it, it, if I want to see Lucio Fulci, I'll I'll watch a Fulci movie. You know, he's he's so indebted to the Italians. But hey, I don't want to disparage against the guy. Halloween's fantastic. I love it. Oh yeah, yeah. But not the thing. No. Nah. Little China. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Ooh. Love it. That's when kid, that was when when uh when yeah. kid was so hot. Oh, she's getting all wet in the sewer. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I do love that. Post menopausal uh, 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 hero to all the women's on on couches all over the country. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nice. Okay. Hey, I think we're close to the end here. Let's check the. Oh yeah, we're close. Um, 
So let's wrap it all up. And, and Tim, do you want to do your uh, are in the travel in your travels with us, or you Set recommend up. a book to the the listeners? Um, as usual, hey, this episode has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where it just so happens you can get a book featuring the characters of Hackslash, the uh, uh, Monsters Ball Trade by Brandon Jerwa and Cesar Razik. $16.99 list price. You can get it for half off. That's $8.49. And don't forget, you can get all 52 of the fourth issues of the uh, DC books for $79.74. That's crazy. That's half off. That's boys pants half off. Did it. So uh check them out, DCBService.com and in your travels. Yeah. Um I'm gonna cheat and go with two. One will be brief. <laughs> read, read anything Jeff Lemire's doing for DC right now. Because oh, they're all expected. they're all hot. They're all great. And um if you're a little on the on the sour side with superheroes, check out this top cow uh hit list agenda. I'm loving this series. Um, executive assistant Iris, you have Lotus, Orchid, Violet, and it's a, an interconnected, what is it, 15 issues? Around there. 15 wow. issue miniseries that came out over the course of this summer. It's really good. And, uh, this Micah Gunnelcat, he's gonna be a superstar. Check him out. So, yeah, top, not top cow. Did I say top cow? Aspen. 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 Yeah, Look at me, exactly. big dumbass. Yeah, so do that. That's mine. Alright. David? Oh man, oh, we didn't, I didn't get to talk about it tonight, so I'm gonna recommend it. Talk about it next time. Uh, it's a little more than than your average comic book, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I'm gonna say New Teen Titans games. Look at nice. you, old school. Nice. Yeah, old school. He grew his hair out in the back while he was reading it Love with it. the mullet. That's right. Dark Mars should be right, David. There you go. It's like I said, I, I want to get into it. It's wrong and not right. It should be. It does look, <laughs> it, it does look really pretty. It's very pretty. Nice. Um, well, I also, much like David, I had thought to talk about this, but we uh, didn't have the opportunity, so I'll, I'll talk about it maybe next week. But uh, um, by uh, Mr. Joshua Hale Fialkoff and Rasan Ekedal, uh, Echoes. Dude, that's so great. I know it's it's terrific. All I'll say about it, since we're keeping it short for Inner Travels, is this book uh, is what the Vertigo Crime OGNs that I read everyone for some inexplicable reason should have been. Uh, it's it's a dude who's uh, psychotic and begins to think or wonder if he's inherited his father's pension for being a serial killer. Um, but there's a ton of twists along the way. That yeah. But, but man, the book looks great. Fialkov wrote the hell out of this. I mean, let me tell you something. Um, I know I was a little lukewarm on the um, I Vampire that he uh, he just dusted off for the DC, but uh, but but this book, if if this is more in line with the kind of stuff that Fialkov's got in his future, then he's I'm going to be a big big fan of his his work. And it's so. it's because of Echoes that that's why I Vampire what I was so looking forward to last week that the week it it came out above all the other DC books just because I mean just from reading Echoes and I know he's done other th- I mean he did Tumor he's he's done other things yeah, but yeah. I, I Echoes just absolutely floored me so uh, I mean I, I am I'm a fan from here on out previous yeah. that's the word for it so yeah. yeah that Vertigo crime stuff just ran off the rails after a while didn't it yeah, I, yeah, it's I, just um, Somni's book's really good. There was some really, really quality art in a number of the books. Um, I thought the art really outshone um, a lot of the writing. 
but you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. On a downer. So, Tim. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what I'm re- What I uh, you know what I'm going to recommend Avengers Academy. Um, nice. Nice. I followed it from the beginning. Um, I'm an Avengers fan from from childhood. Um, I was never sort of. I haven't been able to get back into the main books of it for a couple of years. But Avengers Academy has all the sort of things that I always love the most about the Avengers, which is sort of the tension about trying to be a good guy but knowing that you're sort of better at being a bad guy, um, and then just sort of all the stuff I loved about New Warriors, all those sort of things. Christos Gage kind of um, you know refined that all into one perfect little comic book and even I, I hate it when I because I don't read big crossover stuff usually but I uh, usually hate it when it's all of a sudden there's a crossover story but even those have been really well done in this so um, good book I highly recommend it I agree man I, it, uh, that um, that point one issue uh, you know I, I think Marvel's had a lot of uh, sort of strange things going on with some of these point one issues but but that point one issue where they were introduced to some of the other uh, Osborne you know yeah uh, really and, good yeah, really, really well executed. I agree. That that's definitely one of the better, uh, better sort of unheralded Marvel books that are out there right now. Good call. I'm, I'm I'm glad somebody. Thank you, Tim, for 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 actually touching on on that that up and coming publisher Marvel. Finally, <laughs> sometime this episode. Yeah, they don't get enough love on the show. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> awesome. There you go. All right, hey Tim, thank you for being here with us. This was oh, awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, hey. man. Well, two of us will see you uh, next weekend, I guess. <laughs> Well, th- well, two of us that are here, but three. Right, right. Three of four of us will be there. Vincent has decided he's too cool, but. Yeah, I'm getting the, getting the rug burned because you keep rubbing it in. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, you made your bed. Now you got to line it, bro. I know. Tim, any, anytime you want to sit in with us and we can, like, jettison Neesman, that'd be awesome. So if you want to you want to be a regular cast member, we can we can work that out. I'll take Neesman's spot when he's not around. No problem. Awesome. awesome. Uh, want, You're well, he, talking about liquor all the time. It's no problem. Represent. <laughs> Represent the Midwest, Windy City, representing the sausage capital world. City broad shoulders and everything else he's ever said. You're bad. Nice. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll 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 check you next weekend, man. All right, guys. We'll see you then. Where actually, uh, Tim? Where are you located? Oh, yeah. I mean, Artist Alley, Artist Alley, table A nine, right next to Mike Norton. You can't miss him, so I'll be the short one next to him. <laughs> um, is, is your hair uh, short these days, or is it still long? A little bit short, and uh, we announced a special book I'm doing at Image that weekend, so go to the Eric Stevenson, Robert Kirkman panel. Ooh. All right. Ooh. Now that I know you're such a big Avengers fan, I'm actually bringing an Avengers jam piece, so maybe if you have a time, oh. you jump into oh, that. Oh, save me a Tigra. We'll you got it, buddy. Oh, man. That'd <laughs> be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. High five. Yeah, high five. Nice. All right. All right. Enough of that New York stuff. Stop All right. It. There All right, <laughs> Thank you, Tim. All right, see you guys. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. I love him. That was fun. He's the man. Yeah, he's awesome. All right, everybody. You know what? I'm going to have to save a bunch of stuff for next week. I had something set up for this yeah. week just, just for Jason. Well, not just for Jason, but there's information in here that Jason's going to go, oh, yeah, when he hears it because it's it's historic. <laughs> And it, and it touches upon somebody he loves so much. So next week I'll get to Stand it. Stand the man? Uh, no. Rob. <laughs> no. No. I, we don't want to push this past, you know, two hours. So next oh, week I'll do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think you mean the next episode you'll be on. Yeah, you mean two weeks from now. Oh, yeah. I won't be on next week, guys. Oh, well. 
What you gonna and do? Watch our numbers dwindle. To oh numbers. yeah. If, if ever proof that that the uh, the DC thing had run its course was the uh, absolute uh, crickets of this week's uh, thread because episode 180 thread because it was like short and the only things talked about were feet. So. <laughs> it's yeah. out chagrin. Everybody gives a shit what I what kind of footwear I wear. You started it too when you started pissing on my Crocs. <laughs> Well, Dude, see, it's you have the holes in those, so this way you won't get, you know. I don't, my Crocs you know, don't you, have holes in them. You That's know how I think. feel about cosplay. Well, let me say something. I would much prefer to see you in, like, <laughs> like, uh, like a gray gargoyle spandex costume than I would Crocs. <laughs> so. Oh. It, but they got the strap. It's so yeah. nice. You just slide your foot in. And it's like, if you wear Crocs, you, you are a strap. You don't need <laughs> one. <laughs> hey, you know why we got we got five minutes towards the end? Let's do a real quick DC update because a couple of us. Uh, for reals? No, oh, just real quick, real quick. Oh, no, come on. Uh, we a couple a week. <laughs> Let's go a week. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, all right. I got. To, I, I mean, fine. I only read two because I'm saving the rest for when they go dollar ninety nine. But all I right. Did, action did, in OPEC. I all right, action. Yeah. Better than the first issue. Yes, it was yes. awesome. It was it was pretty awesome, actually. I thought it was really, really good. And remember, I was kind of on the fence about action until you guys kind of gave yeah. me the old age angle, and then I was like, you know, you you kind of sold me on it. I'm glad you did because I I thought the second issue has me really excited for what's to come. Yeah, were I was I was not feeling it. Um, even, although you know the Brent Anderson pages when which which worked because you know every time you had a cut scene, you had a different artist, but. What what really turned me around for it because I was I was so afraid that that Luthor was going to basically just be the 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 type of character he was portrayed in the first issue in the beginning of this issue I thought that's how he was always going to be but as soon as this one moment where his whole his 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 whole demeanor changes and and at that I knew point, it I knew that's I just, what you were talking about yeah, right right there as soon as first as soon as he brings in um that uh we'll call it a sample and and he shows it <laughs> Superman and 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 Superman's reaction to that and then looked like a chupacabra it, to me <laughs> it, was, it was wearing an outfit it was like a outfit but it was it was there was that and then um <laughs> and, and, and then when he, uh, when, when 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 Superman was explaining the microwave rays and and Luther's reaction to that, that point on, I'm like, I don't now wherever Grant's going with this, I'm 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 yeah. there. It, 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 and Superman is self assured, but not too much, not 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 to the Super point where, where he's like, you know, untouchable. He knows he's well, he doesn't know, but he realizes he's not perfect i mean there's things that can hurt him right like like uh, obviously he was rendered maybe not unconscious but malleable to the point where they did get him in the chair so you know yeah, he, he yeah. does have a weakness weakness he is fatigued it's pretty right. clear, right like but, but, once they gave him a second to gather them himself then he was back to but but, it, but when they were sort of keep when they were perpetually just like accosting him and torturing him he was definitely feeling it right because yeah. i yeah. mean an indestructible untouchable superman is not all that much fun to read no but i i will say my impression of this issue upon closing the back cover 
I would love to beat Luther to death with a big two by four with a with a nail, a big old rusty nail in it. But I, that's what you I, want, right? I, I mean, you want to right? Hate I yeah. hate him. I, I I say what you will about Rags. I mean, I, I'm not at the top of the fan club, but. Yeah, he, the, yeah. The, the the facial expressions. I mean, Luther's a douche. But I see, want him dead. Right, and and so 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 kudos to the team this time around for 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 this iteration of of Luther. Whereas when you had when when you had the Burn reboot, he was the businessman. He he was never wrong. He never even even yeah. when and it was just and and it, and it just got to be too damn much with with that particular version of that character and i just I, I i was done with it and and this though as soon as you you see the chinks in the arm and you're like oh all right so so you're not that's racist you're not billy badass so yeah. really so you know it's just <laughs> but um like the, the burn uh, one the burn luther i expected to see valerie perrine hang on his arm you know what i mean because it was a lot like without yeah. the goofiness it was a yeah. lot like the luther from the movies from the movies yeah, yeah. Wow. And it was, and it was. Um, I, I, I like how we're we're not hit over the. I mean, for for maybe long time fans of of these characters, or, or maybe if um if if you're familiar with with a really shitty Shack movie, it's nice seeing the way they're introducing <laughs> some some of the. Do you front on steel? So Shack food. <laughs> so the Fushniks. So it's uh, it, it was it was nice seeing seeing uh seeing irons in, in, in this issue well, yeah. briefly but yeah and uh metallo too metallo right isn't isn't um wasn't corbin oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. oh really oh yeah. i didn't put that i didn't yeah. put that connection together cool 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 yeah. and uh, and so is the is the thing with the or i mean we're i guess we're kind of spoiling here since we've been talking i mean yeah, spoilers. Is, is, that, is that thing at the end supposed to be like brainiac or is yeah. that yeah you could tell by the hunt the honeycomb pattern in the in the windows. Oh, it's, cool. Okay. It's yeah. The other thing where he's where 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 Luther's just getting a little bent out of shape about you know who who he's talking to and who who, who he's working for and uh, again who he control. you just said it that's the yeah. awesome part who yeah. Luther's working he's, for he is he, not in control. I love yeah, it. that's great. I like that a lot. All right, should we move on from action? The only I think, uh, Jason, what was the other one you read? Mac. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, just much like last time, Giffen's just, just, uh, uh, just, wow. I mean, I would love to own a, I, you know, I assume Giffen's art is very expensive just because he's such a, a, you know, been around forever and stuff. But, but that's, I would love to own a page from, from this yeah, book. I, especially it, this it, book, right? It, it's so dynamic. I mean, every page is just action packed. It just conveys so much fun and, and just, uh, like it's kinetic, right? I mean, that's like if I had to describe the book in one word, it's kinetic, right? And, uh, <laughs> uh, Say it again. <laughs> Kinetic. Kinetic. Yeah. Yeah. And you know uh, what? I, I'm not sure I was feeling the last page, to be honest, but... but uh, uh, I, I was, because of the way it was done. You mean because he was drawing all Kirby-esque in the purple costume and the... Kind of, but they, the thing that has me most uh, enthused is the fact that he's got this energy collar thing on, uh -huh. which, which means that, which, which lends me to, leads me to believe that maybe the, um, incident with Wonder Woman happened. See, I and, don't know. And he needs that, he needs that thing to basically keep him mobile. Oh, interesting. You know, that, that, I, I, it could also just be, um, I, oh man, like it, it, it could be technology based where it, it helps him, uh, basically stay in touch with everything going right. on right but but it is yeah. it is a halo around his neck yeah. which which does 
you know, uh, invoke the the whole what was the name of that arc with the Wonder Woman from? Oh uh, yeah, it was because it, it was it, it kind of kicked off the yeah whatever the, when Wonder Woman snapped yeah. his neck. So I mean, it yeah. does conjure old old storylines, which is cool. I mean, it doesn't cost anything. Yeah, I liked it, and um, I got I, I really should apologize to Dan DeDio. I mean. I've called the guy the dildo in the past, you know, when he, when he, when he, he did something I, I really didn't think was, was in line with, uh, the, the vision, which wasn't, was my vision. So I'm full of shit. Anyway, it's, I don't, dude, I, I mean, I, granted, I, I wouldn't say don't be so hard on yourself, but if, if, if your vision was full of shit, they wouldn't have done what they did four weeks ago. True. And, but I, I mean, he is producing, one of my favorite comics now, and it's written by yes. Dan DeDio. I couldn't say that when he was working on Outsiders because I stopped buying the well, damn no. thing after. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. This is the opposite of bad. This is super good. It's it, it's so damn fun, and it's yeah, it, really it, I, it's not lighthearted, but it's it it's it makes me feel like I'm I'm seven years old again on the back porch reading a, a Bronze Age book. It's it's just great. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, well, I guess Omac might have been the brainless brute in this fight, but it's not yeah, like the fight yeah. wasn't so like one sided. Where it's just like Hulk smash, and you're taking on like you know just just some some monolithic dude who who, who speaks and and just one syllable words. I mean, this was the, the dude was holding his own, and he was a smart bad guy, and I I, I like that. So yeah, and they did tweak the acronym. Yes, yes, they did. They one did. one a, machine, a, a machine attack construct. construct yeah. yep. Yes, yep. yes, yeah, beautiful. And it, you know, big props to the colorist too. Cause, well, and, um, and you must be plotting, Vince, because I mean, they're kind of at least setting up in in some way that that uh, Cadmus is a part of Checkmate, which is yes. in some way or shape or form a part of or controlled by the New Gods. I mean, yes. So, which is neat. That's you gotta love it. You got some Sarge Steel action going on, but pretty much every Scott page. Scott is damn good, too. Yes, he is. He and, and, and Giffen make a pretty damn good team. Just about every page was was six panels. I mean, and and it didn't... I, I'm noticing it now flipping back through it, but while I was reading it, I was just so... Yeah, you're right. ...story. I just... It, it wasn't... Everything... Each panel is, is just is so packed and, and there's just there's a lot going on. This is one book where I put down and I'm like, I remember what I just read. Whereas, you know, there there's some yeah. books that I read the past month. I put it down and I'm like, all right, I gotta go back and what the Well, hell you know, that's the thing. It's just it's just this uh it's it's I know a lot of times when I talk about art in a book that I'm not crazy about, but I don't, I don't necessarily think it was flawed, but it just didn't work for me. I often you know, it's because I feel like it's just um, just very like flat, you know, like it's 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 like we're almost looking like still images of something that was happening, almost like we're you know a private detective was taking photos of something. Yes, we, you know, and then they're, we're looking at the photos of of a meeting versus like. It, whereas with this with with Giffen men, you don't get that. It's you just feel like even when they are just talking, you feel like it's it's just you're watching a movie. It's action packed, you know. There's yeah. stuff going on. Yeah, I tell you, if you ever see the appearance of a talking dog. Or, or maybe a, like a talking tiger enter a panel. You're gonna hear me scream for it from wherever you are because you know what's coming, baby. <laughs> you know I, it. I, I really hope they they bring that stuff into this. That would be oh, so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. By the way, not to. Uh, I know we're already going far afield of our usual wrap up. So I guess. Uh, well, I guess it's a normal closing. But uh, Vince, you know who's back in the Marvel? You strong. Man, no. Uh, Man thing's in the uh, Thunderbolts. Well, he's, Thunderbolts. He's back. Um, 
who's back in the um, death? No, Deathlock is. Um, he's back. Yeah, he's back too. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. Nate Gray. I know. I saw <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. Oh. Which you know they, they they already have my money for the Cable Reborn, whatever it's called now. Avengers, what's it called? Uh, Extinction Agenda, something like that. I, yeah, I, they ex- they have my money. They they really bring Nate Gray back full force. I'm, uh, what am I no, gonna he's do? He's back. He's back. Oh, he's in the stuff now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Son of a bitch! What book? Yeah, uh, New Mutants. They still publish it. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I thought after I remember. I remember when it first came out, and I was they like, still published that shit. Really? It's no, your Boys, come on. I, that's no. But I haven't read. I haven't read New Mutants since. Dude, I, Abnett Landing just took it over. Oh, good, good. The right. Fir- the first like. Twelve issues of that are rough. Uh, started it was um Zeb Wells no or that was, no, Zeb, no yeah Zeb Wells yeah, that was rough yeah. yeah and and the guy who's um and 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 Nieves who I think is uh he was the, the Demon Knights yeah, yeah. yeah. the Demon Knights so that that's why I remember the name and then when you said New Mutants I remembered the artist but I I, I thought well, I, I will say this and again not to end on a low note but the uh, the art right now well not the last few issues I read which were like through the Age of X stuff uh, and we're coming out of it was uh. Leandro Fernandez, and uh, wow, it's 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 not not a good look, not a good look. But 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 Abbott and Landing get it done though, so you know. Of course, course. yeah. Okay, Uh, in keeping with the DC thing, real quick, uh, super fast bullets. Uh, I read Detective. I think Jason, you should read the second issue. Oh, dude, I don't know. No, I'm serious. Hey, why, I'm s- why do you think he should? Because I might have a counterpoint then. All right. Um, I think it's better written than the first issue. Okay. I, I know. That's not saying a whole low lot. Low bar. Low bar. But no, there, there wasn't a lot of... There was one instance... That's like saying that uh, where Eastman is taller than a Smurf. It's like... <laughs> no. Th- there was one instance where the dialogue was a little bit clunky and wince-worthy, but that, that's Pages all... Pages 3 through 20? No. One. One instance. One page. I'm, I'm uh, the art... I don't know what Daniel's been doing, but I think the art is fantastic on this book. He's doing he's doing a great job. The the, uh, the the page with the reveal towards the end with the dudes with all the skin on them. Oh man, that's a nice page with the nurse um, character thing. It's it's gorgeous and the the bat cycle going across. David, didn't you like the art? The the art, yes. The the art um, is definitely. Like I said, I mean, j- just like we, I think the art's better. I do think the, this issue is better than the first. Um, I just, there, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I mean, I can't. It, oh, you're going to talk about that panel progression thing. You're talking No, I'm about. not. No, I'm not. No, no. I, cause, cause that's, that's nitpicky and who the fuck else notices stupid shit like that. So that <laughs> hey, you got a big point there. So <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where I, when, when you have Batman by, by Snyder and Capullo and it's just, it's. I don't know. I I don't. Not fair. I I know it's not, and and it's we're finally getting to I guess the detective aspect of it. I I don't know if 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 Batman. Yeah, I think really it doing is fair. Detecting. I think it is fair. Like I, I don't. I, I need like one Batman book. Like I'm not. I'm good. No, no. What I what I meant by it's not fair to compare Daniel's work to Snyder's work because they're two different works. You, you know but, what I mean? Like it also feels like it's two different Bruce Wayne's and two different Batman. 
Well, that's out of the that's out of all of the creative team's hands. You know, they they can't try and and uh be in line with another creative team on a different book. They don't know what's going on. Well, I'm sure they know certain certain plot points, but they'd be like, "Well, this isn't the Bruce." Well, which Wayne is why I think it's book. cool that there's four people really have four choices of how they want to read their Batman. And it's true, me, it's true. For me, Bat, did Bat, Batman and Mister Schneider is is uh, that's the Batman I want to read. Right, and I don't blame you because it is the shizzle. It is the best. I'm I'm buying a Batman. I'm I'm buying Batman. I don't even know why how that's coming out of my mouth. But it, I'm buying it because yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I'm going to so do a lot good. of genuflecting next weekend in, at writers' tables because there's a lot of writers I want to give some props to uh, at right. this show. Schneider, okay, real quick, Stormwatch, I'm glad I made the decision not to stick with it because the second issue wasn't any better than the first. Didn't you, it's, by definition, stick with it if you're at the second issue? <laughs> well, no, I want to I wanna give it a shot. I, maybe, I said, you know, the whole thing, like maybe I had an off day. Maybe I read the first issue too fast or there was too much going on because we had to consume a lot of books. Stormwatch 2, not any better than the Stormwatch 1. I just didn't like it. It's not It's not a book for me. The The concepts are flying fast and furious, but it just seems soulless. It, it I don't like any of the characters. I know we're not supposed to, quote, like them, but nothing endears me to the book. The art, the writing, nothing. So I will not be wasting my money on it again. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I like Swamp Thing. Oh, gee, I didn't read it yet, um, but I looked through Animal Man and Swamp Thing. It, I, I think they're getting paid per word. <laughs> there, there's a lot of content in those books, but gorgeous. Maybe they were oh jealous of all the words Perez had. I was just, I was. Yeah, that. that's it. That's, word that's word envy. Books. Word envy. But uh, uh, Paquette. Oh, good Jesus. Oh, the the, thing is the art is, fa- and and uh, you know, you can't slight the Animal Man creative team either. And, no, because no. Um, Cenar. I'm, I'm halfway through that right now. So is it? Is it? No, Foreman. Travel Foreman. Travel Foreman. Travel Foreman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, amazing work. Amazing work. The. Uh, the the swamp thing pulls a page out of the JJ uh, Abrams re- Star Trek reboot where um, th- th- what happened in the past uh, yeah I, I saw that yeah that was pretty neat so that was cool, it, but... it doesn't insult anybody's intelligence and uh, so so your comics are safe in their long boxes those stories did happen uh, it, it's just it's just a neat little little way on on how everything's explained so right. i enjoyed that okay so we don't want to overstay our welcome anybody else have any wrap-ups on the on the dc no, man we'll miss you next weekend that's for sure yeah me too god damn it but uh you know what else kind of bugged me about the uh the detective <laughs> was the whole um when 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 batman finds the uh the cop and and it's like wow wasn't wasn't someone all stabbed multiple times in that issue of batman Dude, oh, so it's like yeah, it's, but the cop like, didn't have a head. No, well, the the cop, cop was headless. No, no, right? no, no. The cop was headless, but Quimby, the the um, oh, the okay, yeah, it's, uh, right, sorry, not, yeah, not the cop. But it's, I mean, so, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's all right, but it's not, uh, you know, it's and and the last page. See, yeah, where they so, going so, after that? How do you go? From that last page. Well, dude, how do how did we go from the last page? They won't explain it in the third one then, because they didn't have, they didn't explain shit about fucking uh, about Joker's getting his face ripped off. They mentioned the, it. He, oh, they mentioned that he escaped, and all that was left behind was. So it's like the so, faceless, so now, a faceless Joker roams Gotham City. But it's, yeah, <laughs> he could oh be God. anywhere. He could this, be anyone. Oh yeah, <laughs> he could be anyone. 
He could I be in that baby nice. carriage over there. He's, he's I am the knight. Ah, oh, come on, cut, cut the guy some slack. It, he's, he's giving it yeah, a he's, shot. He's writing. He, he's writing what was their longest running comic book. Cut the guy some slack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the uh, douche. See, yeah. Unforgiving. Well, you it's so unforgiving. Will, well, they can repurpose the same dialogue for the video game because it reads just like video. <laughs> Uh, see, you got to see the last page of Detective Two. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where how they can follow up on that because what it looks like happens is it, is it Bruce is, Wayne's face hanging from a hook? No, but it it, it does involve a face and another uh, very what beloved have you, character. What have you done with him? Yeah. Oh my God! I'm waiting for him to say, "Give me back my son." The uh, he's in the house. Hoops have eyes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the call's coming from He's in the bat cave. The call's coming from inside the bat cave. See, at least so 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 this then all all this all this fun talk about Detective Comics. I didn't I didn't get to uh we didn't have a loan note because I, I my loan note was gonna be pigs number one, but but I'll save that for later. I didn't uh, buy it. Didn't buy it. I know. Yeah. Wish all right, everybody. <laughs> Listen, uh, and, and for those of you that will be in the New York metropolitan area next weekend, uh, definitely don't be afraid to uh, say hi to us. If you if you think it's one of us, then uh, ask if it is. If it's not, you'll be embarrassed for a few seconds. Uh, if it is, we'll say hi. We will try, uh, Jason and I. I'm not sure about Chris, but but I think Jason and I will try to update our Twitter stream. So yeah, absolutely, heads don't up, cross at, Foursquare and all that good stuff. Yeah, so you know, we'll we'll and and we'll probably be checking the form while yep. there, oh shit like that. So I mean, we'll, we'll work we out the thing on you know doing some nighttime activities. I mean, we'll right. we have to decide which ones, but but we'll uh, we'll tweet out decide what we're gonna do. So you can meet up with us. Hang on. We'll video conference uh, in the yeah. Yep. I'm taking the iPad to Orlando, so maybe we should better. Yeah. Got a tweet. We lost without tweeting. It's true. All right, everybody. Thank you for being here with us. Hey, check these dudes out at New York Comic Con next weekend. Yeah, you. They're very accessible. Very, very studly. And then there's Chris. Um, so he's gonna get mad. Uh, there you go. We love you, and we hope to uh, talk to you next week. Bye bye. 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 Thank you.